What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the Tapes, Season 2, Episode 48. So, I'm definitely not feeling good at all, so please excuse the voice and possibly the vibes of today's show. I got super sick yesterday, which sucks as always, even more so because I've been excited for a long time about this particular episode, but it's always been very difficult to put a stop to me, so moving right along. On today's episode, we got Eminem and Capone and Noriega. So Eminem obviously needs no introduction, but let me be honest and clear about my stance on Eminem here. I discovered Eminem, I believe it was in 1999, as most people did, and was highly entertained by him, as most people were, but I didn't have either of his first two albums. The following year, I purchased the Marshall Mathers LP, which is probably one of my top three favorite hip-hop albums of all time. And as time went on through high school and even early college, and I went back and listened to Eminem's first two albums along with his newer material, it became evident to me that this dude was not only one of my favorite rappers of all time, but was possibly the greatest ever. After high school around like 2004, Eminem started to fall off in my opinion, and I started to not even notice the amazing technicalities anymore, as quite frankly, I just wasn't a big fan of his newer material. Eminem was always on drugs, but at that point, they started to negatively affect his music, and after he cleaned up and continued to make technically great music, I personally was still not a fan of his newer material. I don't like the way that he uses his voice and the way that he delivers his rhymes anymore. It's just not something I personally prefer. So again, I want to be clear on that, that we've, we've spoke many times about how this study is not what I like or what I prefer or anything like that. So I want to let you guys know before you hear the scorings here, in no way was I giving Eminem anything extra early on in his career because I loved him. Nor was I taking away anything mathematically on Eminem's later stuff just because I didn't like it. The early stuff got scored for what it was, and the later stuff got scored for what it was. Just remember, I enjoyed the early stuff. I don't enjoy the later stuff. But I can guarantee you that neither of those things had any factor on any of his scorings at all. That being said, when I started this study... I tried many times to imagine who could possibly beat Eminem in this contest and I struggled to find anyone I really thought would be even close. He just seemed to have every dimension of being impressive on lock. Now, my opinions on a lot of people, including most of my top guys, has changed since I've started doing this, but my stance on Eminem has in no way changed and I am sticking with my prediction of Eminem finishing first overall by a long shot. I do have to just say really quickly before we move along how genuinely disappointed I am in Dirty T. Eminem is his favorite rapper of all time, and I really think having him on here for this episode would have been great for everybody. Shame on you, Dirt Dog. Your presence will be sorely missed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as far as Capone and Nori are concerned, I also have a pretty interesting history with them or at least with one of them. 
For some reason back in the day, I absolutely hated Nori. He was one of my most hated rappers ever. Now, at the time that I hated Nori, I didn't know all that many rappers. I probably knew 25 or 50 of them. I was kind of new into hip-hop to a certain extent at that point. But he still was one of my most hated rappers of all time at that point. And to be honest with you, it really had nothing to do with Nori himself, because I didn't really know anything about Nori, but rather I just didn't like his voice, delivery, or overall sound, and I just never thought he was good at all. And as time went on, I couldn't really tell you why, but my perception of him and his music kind of changed. That's not to say that I thought Nori was great or anything like that, but... All through high school, I fucked with CNN in general, and Noriega's debut solo album, N-O-R-E, from 1998, is to this day one of my top 25, 50 favorite hip-hop albums of all time. Again, back to what I said about Eminem before, I, I couldn't tell you what scores these guys are going to get. Like, you know, I do these at different times, so I don't remember what happens right now, but I just do want to point out again that with both of these people here, or two out of three of them, I guess I should say, we have some of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time, and again, I just want to point out that that's not going to affect the scoring of these albums. They're going to get scored as what they are. If one of them is a weak album or whatever the case is, that's going to be what it is. And I'm going to say, listen, technically I get it, it's a weak album, but it's still one of my personal favorites. So I just don't like getting into these arguments with people about opinions. I don't, I don't care about, well, maybe I do care about your opinion, and I would like to hear your opinion, and then I'll ask for it. But don't ask me for proof of something and then when i give you proof of something you just give me your opinion on something i have opinions on things too and we could talk about our opinions if we want for sure so in my opinion that's one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time but from what i remember it probably didn't score that way as far as capone is concerned i didn't know much of him since he was in jail for a chunk of cnn's releases and i never had any of his solo work or anything like that um, I always knew the two apart, but never really thought Capone was very good either, and didn't really expect either of them to do very well in this study. It's not to say I thought they were going to finish all the way in the bottom or anything like that, but I had no real high expectations for them at all. Now, Eminem's debut album was out in 1996, and Capone and Nori's debut album was out in 1997. So, this will officially be the last episode in the calendar year of 1996, which was an absolutely remarkable freshman class. So let's start off here with Eminem as he was the first of these artists to have an album out. Born Marshall Bruce Mathers III on October 17, 1972 in St. Joseph, Missouri, United States. Other names Slim Shady. His years active are listed as 1988 to present. Origins listed as Detroit, Michigan, United States. And his genres listed as hip-hop. So... Whether you love him, hate him, or could care less about him, Eminem has obviously accomplished a lot in not only the hip-hop industry, but the music industry in general, and has never been one to shy away from controversy, so let's read up on some background info on Eminem. This should be interesting. Marshall Bruce Mathers III, born October 17, 1972, known professionally as Eminem, is an American rapper, songwriter, and record producer. Eminem is among the best-selling music artists of all time, with estimated worldwide sales of over 220 million records. He is credited with popularizing hip-hop in middle America and is critically acclaimed as one of the greatest rappers of all time. 
Eminem's global success and acclaimed works are widely regarded as having broken racial barriers for the acceptance of white rappers in popular music. He came to be a representation of popular angst of the American underclass. He has been influential for many artists of various genres. After his debut album Infinite in 1996 and the extended play Slim Shady EP in 1997, Eminem signed with Dr. Dre's Aftermath Entertainment and subsequently achieved mainstream popularity in 1999 with the Slim Shady LP. His next two releases, the Marshall Mathers LP in 2000 and the Eminem Show in 2002, were worldwide successes and were both nominated for the Grammy Award for Album of the Year. After the release of his next album, Encore, in 2004, Eminem went on hiatus in 2005, partly due to a prescription drug addiction. He returned to the music industry four years later with the release of Relapse in 2009, and Recovery was released the following year. Recovery was the best-selling album worldwide of 2010, making it Eminem's second album after the Eminem show in 2002 to be the best-selling album of the year worldwide. In the following years, he released the U.S. number one albums The Marshall Mathers LP 2 in 2013, Revival in 2017, Kamikaze in 2018, and Music to be Murdered by in 2020. Eminem made his debut in the film industry with the musical drama film 8 Mile in 2002, playing a fictionalized version of himself and his track Lose Yourself from its soundtrack won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, making him the first hip-hop artist ever to win that award. Eminem has made cameo appearances in the films The Wash in 2001, Funny People in 2009, and The Interview in 2014, and the television series Entourage in 2010. He has also developed other ventures including Shady Records, a joint venture with manager Paul Rosenberg, which helped launch the careers of artists such as 50 Cent, Yellow Wolf, and Obi Trice, among others. He has also established his own channel, Shade 45, on Sirius XM Radio. In addition to his solo career, Eminem was a member of the hip-hop group D12. He's also known for collaborations with fellow Detroit-based rapper Royce the 59 The two are collectively known as Bad Meets Evil. He was the best-selling music artist in the United States of the 2000s and the best-selling male music artist in the United States of the 2010s and third overall. Billboard named him the Artist of the Decade from 2000 to 2009. The Marshall Mathers LP, The Eminem Show, Lose Yourself, Love the Way You Lie, and Not Afraid have all been certified diamond or higher by the Recording Industry Association of America. Rolling Stone has included him in its list of the 100 greatest artists of all time and the 100 greatest songwriters of all time. He has won numerous awards including 15 Grammy Awards, 8 American Music Awards, 17 Billboard Music Awards, an Academy Award, and an MTV Europe Music Global Icon Award. He has had 10 number one albums on the Billboard 200, which all consecutively debuted at number one on the chart making him the first artist to achieve this and five number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. So, no surprise there in length of that write-up for Eminem, at least not for me. Um, like I said before we read it, the man obviously has a tremendous list of accolades and accomplishments. Grammy Awards, Academy Awards, Hip Hop First, Diamond Singles, Platinum Albums, Best Selling Albums, Best Selling Artists of the Year, 
highly regarded by many credible sources as the greatest rapper of all time. The list just goes on and on and on, and I don't need to reread every single one over again to make my point. However, with all of his successes and accomplishments, none of this means that he was actually good when it comes to technicalities. So let's get into my breakdown of Eminem and see what I had to say about him and his music. Eminem simultaneously made me want to quit rapping and this podcast all at the same time. Where to start? While he did stretch or bend words in a unique way at times to sound how he wants and make a rhyme, this was heavily overshadowed by surrounding amazingness in all other areas. He was absolutely ridiculous at using all different rhyme schemes, rhyming words in between bars and rhymes, and he was the first and only so far to have an A, B, B, C, C, A rhyme pattern in a two-bar span. He was also completely absurd with the amount of syllables he was able to rhyme per bar, and any time it happened to be a single-syllable word, he made sure he had a lot of rhymes per bar. He showed the ability to tell great stories as well, and was terrific at being able to hold a topic throughout. One of his biggest downfalls lyrically was the amount of run-on bars that he used, but it was also heavily outweighed by tremendous punchlines, metaphors, and other flawless technicalities. Some of his lines were so complex with so many different meanings that they had to continually be rewound to gather up every aspect and angle. While he rapped about some ridiculously stupid things a little too often, had some very corny rhymes, and just rhyme words to rhyme words quite often, he showed an ability like no other to do otherwise any time he pleased, leaving him as the highest scoring lyricist ever thus far. Throughout his 25 year career, Eminem managed to register 18 albums for scoring. Two albums and an EP with D12, one collaborative album with Royce the 5'9", and 13 solo albums plus an EP. Two of the group efforts were classics along with the Royce album. Another 12 solo projects were classics, one of the EPs was a borderline classic, and the remaining EP and album were both great. Ladies and gentlemen, that is 15 classic albums in total, by far the highest number anyone has had, and quite frankly, probably ever will register in this study. His hiccup was a great album, let that sink in. He is also in a three-way tie with no one other than himself for the three highest scoring albums of all time. Of his 257 qualified songs, 131 of them were great songs, another 100 were good, only 24 were even average, and two were weak. Over 50% of his songs were great, which is by far the highest percentage in the study up to this point, and that will be mighty hard to break. These numbers also mean that just about 90% of his songs were good or better. I mean, seriously? If I had any doubts before, I think I am now fully aware of why he is called the Rap God. From his controversies to the career successes and being a household name both in and out of the hip-hop community, to the amount of records sold, hip-hop first, awards won, among many other things, there's no doubt that Eminem has left his mark on the hip-hop game. Along the way, he also managed to influence artists such as Bizarre, Tame One, Lil' Kim, Exhibit, Snoop Dogg, 
Razcast, Fat Joe, Be Real, Master Ace, Jay-Z, and others. Eminem seemed to be a somewhat disturbed individual who knew a scary amount about serial killers, and I'm pretty sure I witnessed a good 25 people being chainsawed or brutally murdered over the past couple of weeks. Had Eminem not borrowed so many things from other artists before him, particularly Tupac and the Beastie Boys, he would have been close to getting a perfect score in the originality department. Aside from his image being as original as could be, so was his sound, rhyme style, voice, content, people he attacked, and approach. He made songs about things no one made songs about, spoke about things no one spoke about, and dissed and or murdered any random target he chose, including Christopher Reeves and his at-the-time wife Kim on many separate occasions. On top of all that, he also rapped in Pig Latin, and his raw savagery on the microphone was absolutely unmatched. So I don't think you need me to tell you that that was a pretty remarkable breakdown in every single facet, and quite frankly, there was a lot more that I could have said, but if I literally listed everything, we'd be here all day, so I had to cut some things out, and still he boasts one of the greatest write-ups we've ever had on the show. So let's take a look at the numbers here and see how this holds up for M. Lyrics, he gets a nine and a half. Now, I normally don't point things like this out. I do do it sometimes. I remember with Will Smith being a six and a half, I pointed out how, you know, he was a six and a half slash six, whereas other people, like I think Cool G Rap and certain people like that, were more like a six and a half slash seven. Which, yes, they wind up finishing in the same department, which I do think is fair, but it doesn't always mean that they're at the exact same level. Like, if you were to ask me, is one better lyrically than the other? Yeah, I could pick a guy that I think is better, but I'm talking about overall, you have to fit 450 people into a 10-point radius, and I'm really not giving any 10s or zeros. So you're fitting 450 people into a nine-point radius. There's going to be a lot of ties with people that are not necessarily exactly the same lyrically. So the point of me saying all this is I do feel that I need to point out that Eminem was a nine and a half slash nine as opposed to just a nine and a half or a nine and a half slash ten. Again, if you've listened to other episodes, particularly the one where I've gone over this before, I know it doesn't sound like much. It's like, well, either way, he's a nine and a half. Yes, you're right, but there's a big gap there. There's a, a decent gap between a nine and a half slash nine and a straight nine and a half. And there's another decent gap between straight nine and a half and nine and a half slash ten. So you're talking about two big gaps there with room for somebody to do better. I'm not saying anyone ever will do better. But this is why I don't want to give anyone any tens or zeros unless it's pr like an impossibility for someone to do better in the world that we know in the game that it is the way it is, right? Like if you increase the amount of NHL games to, you know, from 82 games to 123 games or whatever, yeah, sure, somebody's probably going to break Gretzky's records. But speaking on the way that things are, you know, I, I didn't want to leave no room in the future for someone to do better so was Eminem perfect no he wasn't he did have a decent amount of run-on bars he did stretch some words sometimes like you know I'm sure people have seen maybe you haven't maybe you don't like Eminem maybe you just don't give a fuck or whatever the case is which is fine I, I really am not a fan of Eminem for 
it's well over a decade now and i really hate even saying that because eminem was my favorite rapper you know tupac eminem and joe budden there just aren't any other people that i really even care to join in that conversation um that's just always who it was for me and unfortunately you know for quite some time now like eminem just I just don't really like listening to him. Um, I've even watched podcasts with Eminem and stuff like that, like uh, Hotbox with Mike Tyson. And, you know, just something just, just seems weird to me about Eminem. I don't know if he did too many drugs and he's he's awkward now or I, I don't know what the case is. I just I don't click with Eminem the way that I used to to click with Eminem and, and his content and his music and stuff like that. That's not to say that I ever wanted to murder or chainsaw people or anything like that. But again... I was highly entertained by this shit as a teenager and, you know, as a 20-year-old and shit like that. I'm not saying that Eminem is still doing that now and that's why I don't like him. I just don't like Eminem's sound now. I don't like the way he raps. I don't like the the delivery he uses. I don't like the voice that he uses. I I just don't really like any of it. That's a personal preference and that's fine. But me liking or not liking something doesn't change how technically good or bad somebody is. So I just want to point out that, yes, he got a nine and a half, but... There was definitely run-on bars. There was definitely times where, you know, the that video, this is why I brought this up, where maybe you've seen this before, maybe you don't like Eminem or whatever, but I was talking about, he's got videos where he says, you know, people say words don't rhyme with orange, and, you know, I could say Susie was eating a porridge, like, and he, he says things in a certain fashion where it rhymes enough, you know what I mean? I mean, there's plenty of times prodigy is is a, is a big example and i'm not saying that prodigy did it the most out of everybody but prodigy is a is a well-respected critically acclaimed rapper and prodigy just didn't rhyme sometimes like he would just say a bar and it just didn't rhyme with anything it was crazy so i think that stretching and bending words to make something rhyme just enough to get away with it especially when you're rhyming five syllables or something crazy like that Listen, yes, you're still doing it, and yes, I'm going to acknowledge that you're doing it, but you're you're making up for it in so many other areas, and you're not just skipping the rhyme the way that some lesser talented people are just skipping the rhyme and say, oh, fuck it, nothing rhymes with orange, I'm just going to something else. He, you know, he finds a way to make things work. So, like I said, yes, he did use run-on bars and things like that, and, and yes, that's why he's not a straight nine and a half or a nine and a half slash ten. So, again... Highest scoring lyricist of all time, nine and a half well-deserved, but definitely room for somebody to do better should somebody come along that is able to best him. Albums, he gets a 7.89 with 15 classics, and this is just so ridiculous on so many levels, and this this one kind of, you know, at, at first, before I really got into this study, some of these later albums from Eminem kind of worried me a bit because I remember not liking some of these albums at all. Where, you know, Eminem was, you gotta understand my position of having your favorite rapper and then he comes out with something, you're excited, yo, new Eminem album, and then I would put it on and be like, what the fuck is this? This is dumb. So, back then when that was happening, I didn't really care how many syllables he was rhyming. I didn't fucking care about this or that. I just didn't like the music. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way about Eminem's early stuff and Eminem's later stuff, and that's fine. I ain't fucking trying to convert anybody to like Eminem here. But again, these scores in this study are based off of technicalities. I actually had this this conversation with my cousin the other day, and um, he was telling me, you know, I went on a trip and I listened to this album, and 
it was just a totally different experience altogether. I said, bro, first of all, listen, your mental state was altered. So obviously you're going to experience the album in a way that somebody that's sober or taking a much lesser drug can experience the album. I said, that being said, I love that album. I absolutely love that album, but it still scored what it scored, which I think was like a 1.5, which is a good slash great album. It's like right on the, on the bordering. And he was getting, you know, I, what the fuck, man? Like, I don't understand. Why did it score so low? Which, again, that's not a low score. He just, to him, it was one of the best albums he ever heard, which I, I can understand that. But I was trying to explain to him, it's not, there's not really any particular reason why I didn't start his album at a three and then minus points off of him because he was doing negative things. Everything just starts at a one. And, you know, there are certain ways to climb out of that punchlines, metaphors, syllables rhymed, rhyme schemes, um, original song topics, being able to hold a song topic, stories, stories with crazy endings. There's just, the list goes on and on and on and on. The popularity, the success of a song. There's so many ways to raise these song scores. Now, an album is an accumulation of songs. So there are songs that these artists have come out with that aren't on albums, that go into their song score, but don't affect their album score. But if songs are on albums and they are what they are, they're getting scored, these albums are coming out to the totality of what they're coming out to. Now, I don't know the math off the top of my head of what that average comes out to because everything is multiplied by 3.3 because the highest you could get is a 3, but everything we're doing here is out of 10. So you times that score by 3.3, and it comes out to a 7.89, which I'm pretty sure is higher than every album averaging a classic, which that wasn't the case. He didn't have every album as a classic. 15 of his 18 were classics, which is absolutely ridiculous in itself for sure. But not every one of them was a classic, but on average, every one of them scored above a classic. So an absolutely ridiculous album score there. Even more ridiculous when you look at the time period that it's accumulated over and the amount of albums that are in there for scoring. I mean, to be that good that consistently for that long is just super ridiculous. And to have 15 classic albums, I mean, seriously, will anybody ever top that? Again, it's possible. But I don't see it happening. I mean, just super, super ridiculous stuff there. Songs, he gets a plus five. An additional five points here. Which, I don't mean to be stupid, but just doing the math here. You get a five right there. There's only five categories. Some people are losing points in their song score, right? This guy's getting five points added on. That's basically an extra point in every category. So if you gave him a zero in the song score, which is nothing, because like I said, people lose points. So let's just pretend we give Eminem a zero in the song score, right? We can now essentially change his lyric score to a 10 and a half, change his albums to an 8.89, etc. because you're giving him a whole nother point in every category. That's five points when there's five categories here, plus the 15 classic albums. That's 20 fucking points divided by five categories. You're now adding four points onto every category. 
This guy could have got sixes in every category and still would have finished with a perfect 10. This is absolutely insane. Now, again, I'm not going to go over everything again, but 257 qualified songs, 131 of them great songs. Again, I spoke about this just a minute ago. There's a million ways to get that. The popularity and success of the song, it being an original song topic, you keeping the song topic, it being some story with some crazy ending, syllables rhymed, rhyme schemes, metaphors, punchlines, etc., yada yada, all these things, everything that could be incorporated into making a good, great, weak, whatever song, all incorporated in there. And he gets 131 great songs, which is over 50% of his music in general. And I do want to point this out really quickly because we've had many artists, especially some great artists. Um, I don't remember which ones in particular. I believe Nas was probably one of them. AZ was probably one of them. Certain people like that where not only did they have, you know, 80 great songs and however many good songs, but they never had anywhere near a weak song. Eminem certainly did. Eminem definitely had moments in his career where I was like almost embarrassed listening to some of this music. And I, I mean this like wholeheartedly. Here I am sitting here analyzing and studying somebody who I continually say like, bro, this guy is the greatest rapper of all time. And there's nobody that's even close to him, actually. When it comes to, you know, technically speaking, I can totally understand why people don't like him. Again, I don't really like him anymore. I could totally understand why you wouldn't like him. But to say he's not that good is absurd. But again, even though he is that ridiculous, I, I get it. He made some really stupid shit sometimes. And, and some songs or some albums came on. I mean, even I believe it was Encore. Man, I, I fucking hated that album. Like, I was getting aggravated listening to it, and I was like, who let him put this out? Like, Paul and Dre sat down and, and like, played this album, and, and, and a lot, like, it just didn't even seem, it, it's almost like when you say you care for somebody, but you keep feeding a drug addiction or whatever, and it's like, yo, this dude don't really care about you. You know what I mean? Now, I don't want to speak on Eminem's relationships because I have no idea what went on with making and releasing that album. I'm just trying to explain to you how I felt listening to some of his material. So I get it. Some of it was really stupid and really bad, quite frankly. So there was a couple of weak songs, but I mean, the number in comparison, come on, you're talking about 131 great songs, which is over 50% of his material in general in comparison to two weak songs out of 257 qualified songs. And I wouldn't even argue with somebody that wanted to change that number. Bro, he had more than two weak songs. Well, technically not really, but what do you want to do? You want to raise it to five? I mean, then what's he going to get in the song score? 4.9? Trust me, it's not going to matter, bro. So... Just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers across the board here for Eminem. But again, we've seen time and time again where somebody is really tremendous lyrically, very low impact. We've seen time and time again where somebody's not good lyrically, tremendous originality. So if you want to finish in a decent spot, you have to at least make up for it and then probably be pretty good in other areas. If you want to finish high, you're going to have to do well in all the areas. And if you want to finish really high, you're probably going to have to do well in almost all the areas and have classic albums. So, obviously getting through lyrics, albums, and songs, technically speaking, Eminem is absolutely ridiculous. But now we have to get into other facets of being a rapper and an entertainer and, you know, somebody that makes music and stuff like that. So, 
Impact, he gets a 9. And quite frankly, I was generous with that. And I don't mean generous to Eminem. I mean generous to the Eminem haters. Okay, because I have watched so many interviews from so many people that just constantly say, Eminem is not the greatest rapper of all time. This is why. And, you know, Eminem doesn't doesn't do this. Eminem doesn't appeal to this this uh, culture. Eminem, you know, we, we, we weren't listening to Eminem in the hood. So I'm not trying to shit on how anyone feels. Because the people that feel this way are the people that essentially created this art. So I can't sit here and say, who gives a fuck if he doesn't appeal to you? Right? Because you made the shit up. So he should appeal to you. So I can understand why you might not get it. But the thing is, there are plenty of people that grew up in the hood or in Detroit or whatever that do relate to what Eminem is saying. So you can't just completely say, well, there's a lot of people in the hood that don't feel Eminem. All right, well, you know, I'll keep that into consideration. But what I'm also going to keep into consideration is the Grammy Awards, the Academy Awards, the Hip Hop First, the Diamond Singles, the Platinum Albums, the Best Selling Albums, him being the Best Selling Artist of the Year, um, all the credible sources that have him listed as the greatest rapper of all time, plus all the people that not only live in the hood and feel what Eminem does, or maybe don't relate to Eminem, but still say, yo, this dude's artistry is amazing, and no, I don't relate to what he's saying, but he is something else, man. Like, the talent level of this dude is ridiculous. Not only that, but a lot of people from the hood that are around Eminem vouch for Eminem. Like, yo, this dude came from the gutter. Believe me, this dude came from nothing. And it might be a little bit different than your gutter, but he still came from a very poor, terrible upbringing. And and anybody that's poor and had a terrible upbringing can relate on that, no matter what part of America it's in. So, again... Not a 10, not a perfect fucking impact score, not a nine and a half, but a nine. Because when you look at the numbers and you, you, you know, and when I say numbers, I don't just mean the awards won and the record sold and all that. I mean the people that have an opinion on Eminem, right? Just the very fact that there are so many people that make videos addressing why they don't have Eminem as their number one rapper of all time. That says something. Why are you not making a video about me saying that Jay Forms is not the greatest rapper of all time? Because no one gives a fuck. You see what I'm saying? So the fact that so many people hate him still counts for something. So I was very lenient here in giving Eminem a nine. This easily could have been a nine and a half, but we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree here, and I'm gonna give it a nine because I have no problem with that originality he gets a nine and a half and i'm gonna say the same thing i was pretty lenient here for the most part now the only thing really at all there's really only two things that you could possibly say about eminem that could in any way shape or form take away from his originality at all yes he was a white rapper in a predominantly black industry but that that in itself can be looked at two different ways, right? Oh, he's trying to be black or whatever the case is. He doesn't know how to be himself. He should go be in a band. Whatever people want to say, right? So in a certain instance, just the fact that he's involved in hip-hop could in a certain way be looked at as following the crowd, but I'll get into in a second why it wasn't. 
And secondly, he wasn't the first white rapper. So I want to be clear on that. Yes, he was he was the biggest, but he wasn't the first. So again, I don't want to give somebody a 10 for something where there's room for somebody else to be better. There is room for somebody to be more original than Eminem. That's It just is what it is. So I'm just pointing this out to say that every other aspect, aside from that and the fact that he took a decent amount of lines from like Tupac and the Beastie Boys and shit like that, which, listen, I don't think Eminem was biting nothing. We have a very, very, very original artist here, no question about it. Again, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. But he gave me no reason to think that he's biting anything from anybody. There are certain people that do certain things and you get the idea that not that they're biting, but that they're kind of feeding off of other people. And all right, yeah, I heard that I could make it a little better or whatever the case is, which we've all done. I've done it. Everybody's done it. You hear something and you're like, you know, that's a decent idea, but he ain't, he ain't really flipped that right. And then me personally, I'll just leave it. And I may never even fucking use it or say anything about it. But if one day something goes in my head and I'm like, yo, I know the way he should have said that shit, maybe I'll say it, right? But that I was still influenced by that person because they sparked that thought. So there's people that go about things that way and you get that vibe from them. And then there's other people that are super original absolutely unique artists that you can tell are just paying homage to some legends. And I really think that Eminem felt overly obligated to pay homage to the legends because he is white and he is in a predominantly black industry or, you know, black culture or whatever word you would like to use to describe um, hip hop. But I think that when you're looked at in a certain fashion, especially if you came up a certain way, right? So if Eminem is growing up on like LL Cool J and um, you know Tupac and and the Beastie Boys and things like this. He probably feels that it's important to let the hip hop community know his past. I'm not just some random white kid with money that knows how to string words together well. I grew up on this shit. I love hip hop. I w- I grew up in a very poor neighborhood with a terrible upbringing. I relate to this music a lot. So, I feel that any time that he was borrowing things, like it was more so out of paying homage. But again, you do have to acknowledge what's going on and you do have to leave room for somebody that doesn't take any samples or take any lines or isn't, you know, white in a predominantly black industry or, you know, whatever. So, again, nine and a half, not a ten. And I do want to just talk about really quickly, I said I would talk about it in a second. Again, we just have to acknowledge that every other aspect of being original, aside from those couple of things that I just named right there, I mean, he had everything, bro. You know, his his sound, his rhyme style, his voice, his content. I mean, like I said, just the people that he that he did. I mean, this man, you know, took Christopher Reeves out of wheelchairs and killed him like 40 times. And then rapped as Christopher Reeves, Eminem, I will kill you, I really hate you. Like, again, you could hate that and think it's retarded. But it's still super different than what anybody else is doing. I mean, he murdered Kim how many times? Like, you know, 
he, he fucking chainsawed countless number of people. I mean, it was... I'm, I'm being really, really serious with you when I say this. I'm not trying to be funny, and it's going to sound funny, but I'm being serious with you. It was cold and dark while I was listening to Eminem, and there were times where, like, I was sitting there in the dark listening to some of his shit, and I was like, yo, like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, why does this dude keep cutting people up? Like, what, is, what the fuck am I listening to? Because sporadically every two years when you're 17 years old, and I can't speak for everybody, I'm just speaking for myself, but every couple of years when I'm, you know, 15, 17 years old, ring, 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 oh, yo, this dude's crazy, you know what I'm saying? When you sit down as a 36-year-old and you listen to all of it back to back, just in a, in a row, it's like, it's like a wormhole for each person. And it's like you, you go... You know, and I told you guys, I'm watching interviews, I'm reading things in these people, so I'm literally just going down a, a an Eminem wormhole, and it 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 got really really dark and crazy at at some points, and and different turns where I'm like, yo, why is he murdering everybody like this, like over and over, like this is multiple times on every album. I'm starting to see it now, like it's not sporadic anymore; it's constant. Then it was, you know, the drugs, and it's like, okay, you've been rapping about taking drugs for a long time. I, I, you know, it's funny, I get it, but like, now, like, you're on drugs. Like, we, we can tell that, like, you're all fucked up, and you're not really making any sense. Like, you know, this is, I'm, I'm, I feel uncomfortable right now, like, listening to some of this shit, which I did. And that's just the way that I am. That I, I really, music means a lot to me, particularly hip-hop. And Eminem was one of my favorite rappers of all time. So, plus I had a lot of nostalgia coming along with a lot of this shit. I grew up on a lot of these albums, but haven't listened to them in a long time. I don't relate to any of that shit anymore. I got two kids and shit. I'm not, I don't want to sit here and listen to people getting chainsawed. It just, it just doesn't do it for me right now. I'm more into like Black Thought and KRS-One and people like that, like that are teaching you how to how to uplift yourself in, in life and, and raise good people and shit like that and avoid, you know, this shitty system. So, you know, your perspective just changes and shit, but just very, you know, weird, but different and original stuff for Eminem for sure. So I, I just, you know, I just gave five absolutely ridiculous scores and quite frankly, one or two of them could have been even higher and I felt like I very well explained the validity of each one of those scores, no question. So you add all those six numbers up, it's six because you got the 15 extra points for the 15 classic albums. So you add those six numbers up, you divide by five, and it gives you a final rating of 11.18, which puts Eminem in, drum roll please, First place of 185 artists done overall. Wow. So there you have it, folks. We have finally revealed our first place artists so far. Now again, scores are always subject to change. So Eminem's scores can change and so can the people under him. So while he's in first right now, this does not technically mean that he will stay there. That being said, 
I can virtually promise you that not only will no one break that score, but no one will even come remotely close. I want you to think about something for a second. This study is essentially based out of scores of 10. So in essence, for someone to get a perfect score, the overall score would be a 10. Now, getting a perfect score in every category is obviously extremely unrealistic, so surely no one will finish with a 10, right? Eminem just finished with above an 11. As we can see in his scores, not only did he not get 10s across the board, but he didn't get any 10s. But the fact that he registered 15 classic albums gave him an extra three full points on his overall score. So essentially, if you take away his classic albums, he would have gotten a score closer to 8.18, which would have put his average scores between 8 and 8.5, which would still be incredibly solid scores around the board, but the rap god does what no other human is seemingly able to do and take it another step further Scoring above an 11 in a study based on a scale from 1 to 10. This really just happened. Like, I made up this study six fucking years ago. I had been dying to get to Eminem, dying to get to Joe Budden, dying to get to Tupac, dying to get to some people that I really wasn't even a giant fan of, but people kept telling me they were dope. And now I got here... And this dude literally just broke my mathematical equation. Like part of me feels like I fucked up with my mathematical equation because Eminem basically just turned around and said, oh, okay, we got a mathematical equation here. Okay, cool. I'm going to just do this and I'm going to destroy this entire thing. And it's like, okay, hold up. Like, you know, I kind of feel like a sport gets made, right? Like, football for example and i'm not saying everybody agrees with these rules and i don't even watch football so i'm sorry if i'm off with something here but i believe the quarterback used to be able to just get drilled and now they've changed it where uh, the quarterback is protected in some sense hockey there used to not be these parts in the corners where the goalies couldn't go the goalie used to be able to go wherever as long as he didn't cross the red line but marty brodeur was so ridiculous at playing the puck that they had to make a rule where he couldn't go touch it out there. There was one time where it was a 2-on-0 and the goalie flipped the net over. So they had to make a rule where if somebody intentionally knocks the net off, it's a delay of game penalty. So as things go on, you adjust because people find loopholes. Eminem doesn't know about my study, so I can't really... And my study was made up after Eminem came out. So I obviously can't realistically accuse Eminem of finding a loophole in my study... But, I mean, it just seems like Eminem just found a loophole and a cheat code and destroyed the entire thing. And I'm sitting here like, man, I gotta redo the whole shit. Like, this guy was just, like, so ridiculous that this can't be fair for everybody else. But, again, at the end of the day, the playing field is even for everybody. There was no bias here. Everybody's given the exact same opportunity to do the exact same thing that Eminem did. And again, I'm not saying that anyone has to do anything that Eminem did to tie or break his score. All I'm saying is that they would have to be really ridiculous, really consistently, really original over a really long period of time. So is it possible? Surely it is. It's very possible. Do I think anyone's going to do it? I don't. So 
absolutely insane stuff. And I'll speak more on why I believe no one will pass M when we get into our list. Again, between his background info and my breakdown on him, I believe we've covered enough on Eminem to make the case for why he is at least up to this point the greatest rapper of all time. So I'm not going to drag this out and re-go over everything, but man, oh man. I'm sorry, but when it comes to hip-hop music, there just isn't a soul on this planet who can touch this man. And as an artist, it's a very fine line between being inspired and being embarrassed. I know not I nor anyone else I have ever covered in this study so far is capable of doing what Eminem did, so it's tough to listen to him and then turn around and decide that you want to create something knowing that technically... It will never be on the level of what this man produces consistently. But that's art. No two artists are the same. So you give the man his props and you continue to bring what you offer to the table. But like I said, man, even though I personally don't prefer Eminem's newer material over the past decade or so, I got to give a huge shout out to M for not only all he's accomplished, but for quite simply being this fucking good. And if by chance all of that has distracted you in any way... This means that we get a song breakdown, and man, oh man, am I excited for this one. I am going to smile from ear to ear for all of the Eminem's not that good people out there while we break this one down, because unless we land on one of those weaker songs, I can pretty much guarantee you that at the end of this song breakdown... You will no longer have any argument if you thought you had one originally as to Eminem's skill level when it comes to lyrics. Which, again, most people don't even really debate. I mean, let's be serious here, right? I talked before about how if there's so many people that feel the need to make a video saying that Eminem is not the greatest rapper of all time, that says something because there's a reason why. Pretty much everybody that's dissed Eminem has either vocally admitted that he's better than them or has in no way, shape, or form attacked his ability to rhyme or rap. It was like a personal attack and, hey, I know you're better than me, but you're old and corny, right? Like, alright, bro, I mean, listen, that's cool, you can do that. But even the people that hate him still acknowledge how fucking good he is. So, for the people out there that don't want to acknowledge how good he is, we're going to go to Eminem's list, we're going to hit random... And this is, oh man, I I can't even believe this just happened. I literally had in my head, before I just hit the random button, I was thinking in my head, I hope that this song or Stimulate would come on, and I, I literally can't even believe that this just happened. I swear, I did not choose this song or do this on purpose. I hit random and this is what just came on, so... This is Eminem Infinite off his debut solo album of the same name from 1996. And I'm telling you, prepare to be absolutely mind blown right now. Oh yeah, Eminem baby. Back up in that motherfucking ass. One time for your motherfucking mind. We represent the 313. Saying. Yo, they don't know shit about this. For the 9-6. Hey yo, my 
pen and paper cause a chain reaction To get your brain relaxing A zaniac and maniac in action A brainiac in fact son You mainly lack attraction You look insanely whack when just a fraction of my tracks runs My rhyming skills got you climbing hills I travel through your mind until your spine like siren drills I'm sliming grills of roaches with spray to disinfectants With synex of rappers to this final column disconnects With this index and check the monologue Turn your system up, twist them up and indulge in the marijuana smog This is the season for noise pollution, contamination Examination of more cartoons than animation My lamination of narration Hit the snare and bass in a track for duck rapper interrogation When I declare invasion, there ain't no time to be staring gazing I turn the stage into a barren wasteland, I'm infinite You heard the hell what I was sent from it I went to it serving a sentence for murdering instruments Now I'm trying to repent for me But when I hear the beat, I'm tempted to make another attempt at it. I'm infinite. All right, so a lot of things here. First of all, before I get into any breakdown of anything that he just said, I just want to state that I just wanted to let that shit play out because it's so consistently ridiculous that for me to turn around and say, you know, I didn't want to let too much of it play because I didn't want anybody to miss anything. We would literally have to stop it after every two bars. And I'm not going to sit here for over an hour and break down a song. So I'm just going to have to... Again, I don't I don't mean to sound stupid, but this, this guy is this fucking good. I'm going to have to just let the whole thing play. And then we can go back and slowly break down each bar and go over it slowly to make sure that nobody missed anything. So... He starts off by saying, hey, yo, my pen and paper cause a chain reaction to get your brain relaxing. The zany act and maniac in action. So obviously, right away, off the bat, we have a tremendous amount of syllables rhymed. We got 18 syllables rhymed on the first two bars here. I, I want, I, I really want you guys to acknowledge what I just said, Okay. Whenever somebody gets eight syllables or higher on every two bars, right, they're getting like an eighth of a point. So if they're able to do 16 syllables rhymed in two bars, they're going to get a quarter of a point of their song raised. There's so many little things like this. Again, you'd keep, you know, an original song topic, keeping a topic, the success and popularity of the song. Uh, the story, the ending, yeah, there's just so many things that you're getting a quarter a point, an eighth a point, a half a point, whatever it is. This this man just rhymed 18 syllables on the first two fucking bars that he ever came out with. Like, this is the fucking start of Eminem's career right now. Okay, how many times, I mean, I know for me, for example, right, like, I continued to grow and get better, as a lot of people do. You hear me say many times in this study, he continued to get better with time. This guy just came out with his first fucking two bars and rhymed 18 syllables on the first two bars. And I won't even get into the way that he flipped all the words around and made them flow like that, right? So, on the end, there's an extra two, because it's chain reaction, brain relaxing, zany acting, maniac in action. So maniacin would have been fine with chain reaction, brain relaxing, zaniacin, maniacin, right? But he also throws action in again after that. So 
No, I won't raise the song score for him using a unique rhyme pattern or anything like that or a rhyme scheme because it really is kind of the same thing the whole time. But you can kind of hear what I'm saying about the way that he words it where everything flows so beautiful and these words intertwine with each other on top of the fact that there's 18 fucking syllables rhymed in the two bars. And let's point out really quickly before we move on that these two bars make perfect sense. Is he saying anything ridiculous as far as a punchline or the meaning behind what he's saying? No, not really. Ayo, my pen and paper cause a chain reaction to get your brain relaxing, the zaniac and maniac in action, right? So he's just talking, but it makes perfect sense. The fact that you could just fucking talk and make perfect sense and rhyme 18 syllables in two bars with what seemingly seems like a lack of effort is crazy. So then he goes on to say, continuing on here, a brainiac in fact, son, you may be lack attraction. You look insanely whack when just a fraction of my tracks run. So again, I don't know if you guys need me to really break down exactly what's going on here. I, To me, it seems self-explanatory. You can hear how many syllables are being rhymed, right? A brainiac in fact, son, you may be lack attraction. You look insanely whack when just a fraction of my tracks runs. So it's the same thing as the first one. A whole bunch of syllables rhymed. You got another little twist of words in there because you got the fact and then fact, son, attraction, whack, fraction. So he kind of goes back and forth between the brainiac, lack, whack, shit like that into fact, son, attraction, fraction, tracks runs. So he's doing two different things. Again, I won't give him credit for a rhyme scheme or a different rhyme pattern because it's not really different. He's not really going back and forth. It kind of stays the same throughout. But again, he's, he's putting these words together in a fashion the way they flip around and go back and forth with each other. Super, super impressive stuff here right away off the bat. And again, I want to point out that what he's saying makes perfect sense. My rhyming skills got you climbing hills. I travel through your mind and chill your spine like siren drills. So a couple of things to point out here. Now, I assume that when Eminem says my rhyming skills got you climbing hills, I was never really a giant fan of that line. Again, I'm not Eminem. I can't speak for Eminem, but... I will say that my interpretation of the line is when, you know, people say, oh, run for the hills, like, you know, whatever, fucking get away, flee, run for the hills. So I think that that's what he's saying. My rhyming skills got you climbing hills. But again, I want to point out that while no, I don't think that that line is anything special. And me personally, I kind of don't even really like that line. He still does rhyme six syllables on the very first bar. And I do understand what he means. And then let's check out the rhyme pattern that he has going on here. So he's got rhyming skills, climbing hills, A, A. I travel through your mind, B, and chill, A, your spine, B, like siren drills, A. So we got an A, A, B, A, B, A rhyme pattern there. And we have another 12 syllables rhymed on the two bars there. So again, majorly impressive stuff. I want to be clear here that when someone is this ridiculous, I want to point out that 
no, this wasn't at one of Eminem's most popular or successful songs. So this just starts off at a one, like any other normal track. He's already got this song close to a good song, and we're literally not even halfway through his first verse here. So, again, there are going to be people that are going to turn around and say, bro, just because he murders verses doesn't mean that it's good. Well, again, bro, just be careful with your words. Just because he's murdering verses doesn't mean that you like it. Just because he's murdering verses actually does directly mean that he's good. So... <laughs> I just want to be clear. Well, of course he got these great scores. He's ridiculous on every verse. Well, then that's why he got the great scores then, right? I mean, that's what we're doing here, right? <laughs> we're not sitting here and debating who we like. We're sitting here and we're debating who is the best overall. Okay, lyrically, this is what this guy was able to do, coupled with all the other scores he got. So let's get back into breaking his lyrics down. It almost seems after six bars... That breaking his lyrics down at this point is probably pointless because the Eminem haters are probably already annoyed right now and saying, I don't even need to listen to this. I know he rhymes a lot of syllables and this and that. All right, good. Well, then you should acknowledge how good he is then. But for those of you who are interested in just how fucking good this dude is, stick around to have your mind blown. So then he says, I'm sliming grills of roaches with spray that disinfects and twists the necks of rappers till the spinal column disconnects. So... Again, nothing too ridiculous. I mean, you know, you got the roaches and the disinfectant and shit like that. I, I want to point this out too, right? Here's two times already right away where he said, my rhyming skills got you climbing hills. And I said, ah, I'm not gonna, I don't really like that line. I'm not going to give him extra points for that, right? Then he's got the, I'm sliming grills of roaches with spray that disinfects. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to give him credit for that line, right? So I want you guys to understand that as amazing of scores that he just got, I'm telling you, I was extremely lenient with Eminem. And, and I don't mean that in Eminem's favor. There were countless, countless fucking times that I didn't give Eminem credit for certain things that he said, where if that was a shitty rapper that said that, I would have been like, you know what, that's not, that's not that bad of a line. I'm going to give him credit for that one. I'm not trying to hate on this dude, right? I did the exact opposite with Eminem. Anything that I could have taken away credit for, I did. Anytime that it was borderline, I didn't give him credit. Because I fucking knew how good he was. And I knew that if I gave him every borderline thing, it, it wasn't even going to seem realistic when I came to the final score. So every borderline thing, I actually fucking took away from him. And his score still is unrealistic. So again, like I said, nothing really too ridiculous here as far as what he's saying is concerned to raise the song score but again we got another nine syllables rhymed on the two bars there so you know every single bar of this song so far has raised this score in one way or another then he continues on with um you know the disinfects twists and necks till the spinal column disconnects he says put this index and check the monologue turn your system up twist them up and indulge in the marijuana smog so we have the rhyme pattern of disconnects continued on. So where he says, put this index. And then he goes on to, and check the monologue, which is A. Turn your system up, B. Twist them up, B. And indulge in the marijuana smog, A. So again, monologue, wanna smog, system up, twist them up. A whole bunch of syllables rhymed here again on the two bars. You also have this index, which goes with the line before it. So when he has these things where he's saying things that 
There's nothing so ridiculous about what he's saying. He's just telling you to fucking put his music on and light up a joint, right? Like, there's nothing so ridiculous about that. But the way he says it is crazy. It's like he's just talking and giving you a simple request, but the way he says it is insane. Put this index and check the monologue. Turn your system up, twist them up, and indulge in the marijuana smog. And again, I want to point out that his flow on all of this shit is ridiculous. Most people that don't rap or don't make music don't really totally understand what flow is. They might be able to say like, yeah, he's got a good flow. His flow sounds good or whatever. Or they may not. They may just say, I don't like the way he flows, which again, you may not like it, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. So the point of me saying this is that if you really understand poetry and you really understand music, or if you create any of this stuff, I would surely hope that you understand what I'm saying. Even though I have witnessed many people, even people that have qualified for this study who do not comprehend what I'm saying. Um, needless to say, most of those people didn't score very well. But back to my point is that your voice is an instrument on this track, plain and simple. So, yes, in my opinion, your words are very, very important. To some other people, they may not give a fuck about anything you're saying. A lot of people listen to instrumental music or house music or something where they're just repeating one line over and over again. Or there is no words in the song, and that's fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but this is hip-hop, and... It is taken into consideration what people are saying in hip-hop. Now, if you don't value what people are saying, that's fine. You know, go listen to people like Soldier Boy or, or whoever else that make this music that's fun to party to, but they're not really saying anything of any substance. I'm, I'm not trying to knock that. I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that there's definitely a gap in the skill level. When you talk about someone's technical abilities, there's probably going to be a gap there. So... If you don't really understand music in a certain fashion or flow in a certain fashion, you may not understand how someone's voice is really an instrument on the song. And you can flow in many different ways to a song. I mean, many, many times I've had instances where I'm fucking with beats and you got to either go really fast or really slow because you can ride different instruments. Maybe there's a violin or a slow drum pattern or whatever to where I could rhyme really slow to this. But in between those drum patterns and those violins, those long drawn out violins, there's these really quick hi-hats that are going Okay, so if I can hit a syllable on every one of those hi-hats, my flow is going to sound ridiculous. Again, it's not always the easiest thing to do, especially when something's going fast like that. And just to let you know, I'm not a giant fan of the fast rap which Eminem does a lot more now lately too. I'm not really a giant fan of that. But again, that's personal preference. That doesn't mean it's not difficult. That doesn't mean it's not skillful. On the flip side of that, just because someone's rapping fast, that also doesn't mean that it's skillful. They may be saying garbage and just saying it really fast. So there's all different ways to look at things, but I just want people to understand that when I say someone's flow is ridiculous, I'm not giving you my opinion and saying, well, I like Eminem's flow here. Fuck if I like Eminem's flow. I'm talking about Eminem's ability to hit a fucking syllable on every particular instrument hit that he's riding at that time. His flow is very, very on point. So to say these things where you're rhyming 9, 12, 15, 18 syllables on two bar occasions, everything you're saying is making perfect sense 
and you're able to have your flow so on point where all these syllables are hitting these certain kicks or certain sounds in, in the instruments and the beats. I mean, it's just essentially flawless shit here. Again, that's not to say that somebody can't be better, which is why I didn't give him a 10. But just really, really tremendous, tremendous stuff here when we're talking about technicalities. Then he goes on to say, This is the season for noise, pollution, contamination, examination of more cartoons than animation. I mean, again, ridiculous, right? Like, this is the season for noise pollution. So that right there is just an artistic way of saying, we're going to fucking play music loud. Right, so Eminem is giving you everything here. He's painting a visual, a vivid visual here. This is the season for noise pollution. We're blasting fucking stereos loud. Contamination. Examination of more cartoons than animation. So again, we have another 12 syllables rhymed here. And we have a super dope line where he says cartoons. So car songs right like a tune a song a tune on the radio cartoons and cartoons like the animation that you watch on tv this is the season for noise pollution contamination examination of more cartoons than animation so we got a double entendre here where the dude is saying something that's ridiculous he's rhyming 12 syllables on the two bars and what he's saying makes perfect sense Another triple threat on a two-bar instance here. It's just been so ridiculous the entire time, and we're not even through the first verse here. So he continues on with that rhyme pattern and says, My lamination of narration hits a snare and bass on a track for duck rapper interrogation. So, first of all, before we break down the words of what he said, we have another lamination, narration, snare and bass interrogation, so I want to talk about a bunch of shit here. First of all, my lamination of narration. So lamination is like when you have like two materials, let's say, you know, or in science class when you were younger and they fucking spin the shit around, right? And it, and it separates the blood like the, the hemoglobin goes here and this part goes here and the water goes here because it's it weighs more or less or whatever, right? So that's lamination is like the separating of the levels. So you can understand the point he's trying to make with saying my lamination of narration. Now, narration is not a real word. Narration is the word. So we have an instance here, not only on this particular thing, but later on in this bar, where he is twisting words a little bit to make them go the way that he wants them to go. And I, I, I admitted and I spoke about in my breakdown of him that he does do that. Now, if you remember, Keith Murray used to do the same thing, but in no way, shape, or form was Keith Murray anywhere near as good as Eminem. So that was kind of Keith Murray's calling to dope lines. was like, oh, well, he did make up a cool line there. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that was cool, but like, that's not a real word. So like... You can only do that so many times and then it's like, all right, bro, like you're just making things up now to rhyme with stuff, right? Like Eminem, again, let this be an example of how he's the opposite. So Keith Murray was essentially getting credit for making up words like this. I'm not saying that I had Keith Murray labeled as a, as a top lyricist because he was making up words, but we did acknowledge the fact of Keith Murray's originality and how 
you know, it was cool how he made up his own type of words, but I did want to point out that it wasn't necessarily that skillful. Eminem is like the opposite. Eminem is making up a word here, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. That's not even a real word. Let's point out that he just made up a word here, okay? So I'm already reaching for shit with him. Where I'm like, okay, but that's not a real word, though. He made that one up. All right, but we're fucking 10 bars into the verse. And he's been absolutely ridiculous the entire time. So would I take points off of him making up a word? No, I wouldn't. But go ahead and do it if you want to. Say that he, but that's not, that doesn't even fucking count. He made up a word. All right, cool. So lamination, narration, snare and basin, interrogation. He's still got fucking 12 syllables rhymed on the two bars there. So just, just call it even, right? Just... It's a wash. He did something where he made up a word, but he also had a ridiculous amount of syllables rhyme there. So just let it wash each other out, right? I have no problem with you even saying that. Now, snare and basin, duck rapper interrogation, like, again, he kind of says it in a certain way where he, he gets these words to kind of form the way he wants to. So I do understand that he does do this from time to time, but let's point out that it was two bars out of the first 14 bars the prior 12 were absolutely ridiculous with almost nothing negative to say at all. Absolutely ridiculous shit going on with the technicalities. And even on these two bars where we do finally have, I guess, something negative to say, he's still rhyming fucking 12 syllables on the two bars. So a guy just really doesn't give you any room to really go at him negatively for anything. He, he just, every time he just has some sort of angle covered where it's like, yeah, but, you know, he does have a ridiculous rhyme pattern, or, yeah, but that's such a dope line, or, yeah, but he rhymed 17 syllables, or, yeah, but, you know what I mean? So, it was just really tough, man. I mean, this guy just really didn't do much wrong, I, I and, and on top of not really doing anything wrong, he just did so many fucking things that were so ridiculously far beyond the expectation of what you could have for anybody going into this study that it was just kind of mind-blowing, honestly. So then continuing on with the narration, snare and bass and interrogation, he goes on to say, When I declare invasion, there ain't no time to be staring gazing. I turn the stage into a barren wasteland I'm infinite. So again, very similar right there to what he did in the very beginning of the song where you have declare invasion, stare and gazing, barren wasteland, another 12 syllables rhyme there. Yes, wasteland and invasion is a stretch for a rhyme, right? But the way he says it, when I declare invasion, there ain't no time to be staring gazing, I turn the stage into a barren wasteland, I'm infinite. So again, yes, he bend or stretch words, all right, cool, take it away from him if you want, right? cool but there's still another 14 syllables rhymed on the two bars there what he's saying still makes perfect sense he still has a nice little flip with the wordplay where he throws stage in in the middle of all of it when i declare invasion there ain't no time to be staring gaze and i turn the stage into a barren wasteland and then he goes on to say ending his verse and starting the hook i'm infinite now i want you this is important here because a lot of people might miss this and do I think that, oh, well, this takes it from a good song to a great song? No, it's not what I'm trying to say, but I want to point out how many little things people probably miss when it comes to Eminem's skill level. So, you know that song, this is the song that never ends, and it goes on, and the reason it goes on and on is because it ends the same way it starts. So every time you say the end of the song, you're really saying the start of the song. So where the fuck do you stop? You're on a circle that there's no beginning and no end to. 
Now, the name of the song is Infinite, right? So, he created an infinite hook, literally. So, every time one of his verses ends, and every time the hook starts, and the hook ends, they all start and end with I'm infinite. So, the entire thing can just be repeatedly said over and over again, and it will just be a circle of going on forever and ever. So, he ends his verse saying, I'm infinite. Then the hook says, You heard a hell while I was sent from it. I went to it serving a sentence for murder and instruments. Now I'm trying to repent from it. But when I hear the beat, I'm tempted to make another attempt at it. I'm infinite. You heard a hell while I was sent from it. And I won't go through it again, but you can see how he actually created an infinite hook. So again, we have to acknowledge what Eminem is doing here as an artist and not just say, I don't give a fuck, I don't like this song, I don't care how many syllables he's running. That's fine, bro, I ain't asking you to like nothing. I'm just saying, he's fucking ridiculous. So now I've spoke to you guys about hooks before where people are basically given free reign on hooks. You could just say one word over and over again, you could say one line and just repeat it, you could say two lines and repeat them four times, you can just leave your hook blank. You can just, just, you know, whatever. This is artistry. I don't want to hold everybody to a particular set of rules. But when it comes to certain poetries and certain music and stuff, especially hip-hop, you know, and being the competitive nature that it is and just the, the whole fabric behind what makes hip-hop hip-hop, these things are important. Poetry is a part of hip-hop. So that aspect obviously has to be included into it. But the reason I'm saying what I'm saying about the hooks is that this is still art. And I, I do still want to give people free reign to do what they want with their art. So you don't have to be technically ridiculous on a hook. I mean, there's been plenty of songs that uh, Tupac had songs that had blank hooks that were great songs. Um, you know, there's been plenty of songs where it was just one word repeated and it was a great song. There was no hook and it was a great song. So, do you need to go ballistic on a hook to have a great song? No, absolutely not. But if you do go ballistic on a hook, I'm obviously going to acknowledge it. So, I want to keep in mind again that this right here may be something that you hate about Eminem. And that's fine. And I can tell you me, my personal opinion... I wouldn't really want to hear this on every song. So what I mean by that is, yes, he murders this hook, this hook is dope, yada yada, but I don't want him to rhyme 40 syllables on every one of his hooks. I want to hear something different, right? I don't know what that is. That's up to him to decide what that different is going to be. But that's where you start losing points on hooks, okay? So hooks is almost its own thing in this study. So if every one of your hooks or 70% of your hooks is just one word repeated, you're going to start losing quarter points on like repetitiveness, depending on how often and how repeatedly you're doing it. You're going to lose a quarter of a point accordingly. So again, I want to point out it's not a bias. Everybody's getting the same things. Eminem didn't do this on every one of his hooks, but on this one he did. So let's break down what he did on this hook. So he says, you heard of hell? Well, I was sent from it. I went to it serving a sentence for murder and instruments. So a couple of things there. We have hell, which is A, well, which is A, sent from it, which is B, went to it, which is B, serving, which is C, 
a sentence which I won't say goes back to B, but is a little twist on words that it kind of goes to B. Murdering C, which goes to serving, murdering instruments back to B, which sent from it went to it. So again, there are some words bent here. Sentence is not necessarily a rhyme with sent from it, but it's a word. It's a it's a play on that words. I was sent from it. I went to it serving a sentence for murder and instruments. So you can hear how he goes back and forth with this shit. So there are some rhyme patterns there. That is a, a good rhyme pattern, an A B B C C B rhyme pattern, which is definitely different from the norm, difficult to do. Yes, he did bend or stretch some words, but again, a lot of syllables rhyme in the two bars, and this is a hook. Then he says, now I'm trying to repent from it, but when I hear the beat, I'm tempted to make another attempt at it. I'm infinite. And then that just relapses the whole thing and starts it all over again. So again, we have repent from it, tempted with a little little word play where no, it's not the same as repent from it, but it's still repent from it, tempted. So he's got that little, you know, wordplay where the things are flowing the right way to make another attempted it. So repent from it, attempted it. And then he ends with I'm infinite. So again, we still do have another 10 syllables rhymed on the two bars there. He was artistic enough to actually make an infinite hook here. And again, just tremendous, ridiculous technicalities and artistry, which was just a regular norm for Eminem. So on top of all these technically dope things that he did here on this hook, I mean, let's just read the hook again back and just forget how many syllables he's rhyming, forget the rhyme schemes, forget all of it, and let's just listen to what he's saying because it's pretty dope. You heard a hell? Well, I was sent from it. I went to it serving a sentence for murdering instruments. So now he's telling us he's in hell, and the reason he's in hell is because he fucking murdered instruments. Obviously, he's not speaking literally, but he's saying every time I rap on a beat, I murder instruments. So you heard a hell while I was sent from it. I went to it serving a sentence for murdering instruments, but now I'm trying to repent from it. But when I hear the beat, I'm tempted to make another attempt at it. I'm infinite. So it's just dope stuff all around. Dope technicalities with the, the rhyme schemes and the syllables rhymed, and he just you know, makes perfect sense and it flows so effortlessly and all that. So again, just a lot more impressive stuff here from Eminem. After that long breakdown, let's get into the second verse here and see what he has to say. I mean, this is one of my favorite hip hop songs ever, so I can guarantee you it's a lot more of the same, if not more ridiculous. I let the beat commit so I could beat the sense in your elite defense. I got some meat to mince, fruit is stomping into feet to rinse. I greet the tens of ladies, I spoil all your fans. I foil your plans and leave fluids leaking like oil pans. My coiled hands around this microphone are lethal. One thought in my cerebral is deeper than a jeep full of people. MCs are feeble. I came to cause some pandemonium, battle a band of phony MCs, a standalone one. Imitator, intimidator, stimulator, simulator of data, eliminator, there's never been a greater. Since the burial of Jesus, fuck around and catch all the venereal diseases. My thesis is smash stereo to pieces. My acapella releases, classic masterpieces through telekinesis that eases you mentally, gently, sentimentally, instrumentally, with entity, dementally, meant to be infinite. You heard a hell while well, I was sent from it. I went to it serving a sentence for murder and instruments. Now I'm trying to repent from it But when I hear the beat I'm tempted to make another attempt at it I'm infinite 
So like I said, more of the same. Now, I want to try to skim through this verse a little bit quicker than we skimmed through the last one because quite frankly, if you heard the first two bars in this song, you heard the entire song. And that's not taking a shot at Eminem. It's just it is what it is. He's absolutely ridiculous from start to finish. He does the same things over and over again. A lot of dope lines, a lot of syllables rhymed, a lot of rhyme patterns, and this just seems to be easy for him. He just does this. Uh, he did it the entire album, pretty much. So, he says, Buss it. I let the beat commence so I could beat the sense in your elite defense. I got some meat to mince, some fruit to stomp, and then two feet to rinse. I mean, bro, come on. Like, bro, seriously? Like, so... He's saying, I let the beat commence. I let the beat commence. So, I let the beat come on and all come together, right? Why? So I could beat the sense in your elite defense. So, nothing too ridiculous with what he's saying, but makes perfect sense. And nine syllables rhymed on the very first bar. Okay, if he had nine syllables rhymed on two bars, it would have raised the score. He's got nine syllables rhymed on the first one. The second one, he continues on and says... I got some meat to mince, some fruit to stomp, and then two feet to rinse. Now, meat to mince and feet to rinse is really only two syllables. Again, I'm not being biased for Eminem. I'm not scoring him any differently than anybody else. So that's only four, not six, but we did have nine on the first bar. So another 13 syllables rhymed on the first two bars here. And again, it makes perfect sense. I let the beat commence so I could beat the sense in your elite defense. I got some meat to mince, some fruit to stomp, and then two feet to rinse. And it flows ridiculously. Even without me having a beat behind me, you can hear how the way I'm saying those syllables, you could make a beat out of that. If you took a drum pattern or whatever and just hit it every time I said a syllable, you'd have a pretty cool beat there. So, again, more super impressive stuff there from Eminem. So then he keeps that rhyme pattern going and says, I greet the gents and ladies, I spoil loyal fans, I foil plans and leave fluids leaking like oil pans. So again, another nine syllables rhymed on the two bars here. And he makes perfect sense and says, I foil plans and leave fluids leaking like oil pans. So it's not something totally ridiculous. And the reason I say that is because you could have said leaking like anything, right? You could have said leaking like a carton of milk or leaking like a drop water, which these would make sense. But what are you doing with it? Because in itself, that's not that hard of a line because you could just say leaking like anything. Now, if you said leaking like, and then something really specific, like leaking information or something like that, it would be a little bit better of a line because it's a wordplay on what you mean about leaking. When he's talking about leaking, he's actually talking about leaking. You leaking blood and oil pans leaking fluid. Okay, so leaking as opposed to you know, okay, leaking blood and leaking information to somebody, it's a play on words where, yeah, they're the same word, but they don't mean the same thing. These do. They leaking, leaking. It's the same thing. But he's just kind of explaining, I'll leave fluids leaking like oil pans. So again, I'm not going to give Eminem credit for a dope line there. I'm not going to do it. I probably would have done it with somebody like Mystical or somebody like that. I'd be like, ah, yeah, that's a pretty dope line. I'll leave fluids leaking like oil pans. I'm not giving it to Eminem. We're not going to give it to him in this song. It doesn't matter. This song has probably already scored a three. 
I, I honestly haven't even really been paying close attention to it because I know this song. And I, I know, I tell you guys all the time, I'm not 100% sure what this song was scored. This song was scored a three. I know that for a fact. There was only one song on this album that wasn't scored a three. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for one of the features on, on that on that particular song, the album might have scored a perfect three. I don't That I don't remember exactly, so don't quote me on that. But I do remember that there was only one song on this album that wasn't a three, and it definitely wasn't this song. So... So let's break down what he says. He continues to go on with that rhyme pattern of, you know, I foil plans and leave fluids leaking like oil pans. Then he says, my coiled hands around this microphone are lethal. One thought in my cerebral is deeper than a jeep full of people. So again, we got syllables rhymed, rhyme patterns, a dope flow, a dope line. So my coiled hands around this microphone are lethal. A. One thought in my cerebral, A, is deeper, B, than a Jeep, B, full of people, A. So, it's a rhyme pattern, but it's also a play on what he's already saying, because half of the rhyme of lethal, rebral, people, it is that hard E sound, which deep and Jeep also have. So not only is it a rhyme pattern, or just give them one or the other if you want. You don't even have to give them credit for both, okay? This is, again, I'm showing you how we can cut quarters with Eminem. You don't have to even give them credit for both. Just give them credit for one. That's fine with me. Either give them credit for the rhyme pattern or give them credit for how he was able to flip these words and take one part of lethal, rebral, people, and rhyme deep and jeep in between it. So either way you look at it, dope stuff, a lot of syllables rhymed on top of that, and then listen to the, the words that he's saying, listen to the actual line. My coiled hands around this microphone are lethal. One thought in my cerebral is deeper than a jeep full of people. So this is back to what we were just talking about before when I said leaking, right? And I said that leaking was the same meaning used in that instance. Leaking blood or leaking oil, same thing. This is not, okay? When we say deep, we're talking about deep thoughts, like when somebody says something that's really meaningful about life and somebody says, man, that was deep, like, you know, that was some deep shit, bro. So, you know, your cerebral cortex is obviously a part of your brain. So he's saying one thought in my cerebral is deeper than a Jeep full of people. Because if you were riding around in a Jeep with seven people stuffed in it, you could use the term, yo, we're rolling deep. You know what I'm saying? Which is used to describe a lot of people. We're, we're rolling deep. How many people you got? Which, yo, we're deep, bro. We got like 11 people. You know what I mean? So deep, same word, but used in two different instances. So my coiled hands around this microphone are lethal. One thought in my cerebral is deeper than a jeep full of people. Then he goes on to say, MCs are feeble. I came to cause some pandemonium, battle a band of phony MCs and stand the lonely one. Again, more of the same stuff, bro. I feel like I'm being redundant at this point. I would assume that after me pointing out 32 bars to you of all these syllables rhymed and all these rhyme patterns, I would hope that if you're still with me and still listening that I don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. And you can understand when I say to you, MCs are feeble. I came to cause some pandemonium, battle a band of phony MCs and stand a lonely one. That you can understand where the technically impressive things are in that verse. Then he goes on to say, 
imitator, intimidator, stimulator, simulator of data, eliminator. So, again, a lot of syllables rhyme there, obviously, and this has to be taken as somebody that's just listing things about themselves, right? Like, imitator, intimidator, stimulator, simulator of data, eliminator. So, there really isn't too much to be explained about that. It's pretty self-explanatory. He's just using a bunch of different adjectives that he feels describe him well. And... Again, he does it in a sense where he's able to rhyme a whole lot of syllables in the two bars there. So, then he goes on to say, There's never been a greater since the burial of Jesus. Fuck around and catch all the venereal diseases. Now, a couple of things here. I personally, again, was never really a big fan of this line. I kind of disliked this line. And it was one of those things where... Back in the day, when I wasn't sitting there and analyzing all the technical aspects of every bar that Eminem was dropping, and I was just going off of what I liked and I didn't like, I didn't really like this line. It just, I get what he's saying. You know, he's saying, you know, become so famous and popular, you fucking so many people that you catch all the venereal diseases. It's like a bittersweet thing, right? It's like, oh, this person banged a, a hundred women in one day or something or, or, or in a week or whatever the hell the fucking the, the legend or the fable is, right? And it's like, yeah, well, how many fucking diseases did he get? So it's like a bittersweet thing, right? It's like, yeah, you got a lot of pussy, bro, but you it's probably burning when you pee, you know what I mean? So when you're on that, the latter end of that and you're not getting any pussy... And somebody tells you that they got a fucking a venereal disease, you might make a joke and say, oh, lucky you, I ain't even getting no pussy. You know what I mean? So I understand what he's saying here. But again, I was very strict with Eminem and I did not give Eminem any credit where it was borderline and where it was borderline with shit I didn't like, I, I took things away because I wanted to make sure that I want to say I wanted to make sure that I was fair with Eminem. But in all fairness, no pun intended, I really was very unfair to Eminem. And I, I mean that in, in a negative way for him, where there was a lot of things that he did that I really didn't give him credit for because it was borderline and I felt like, hey, you know what, there's probably people out there that would pick the lower end of this choice, so that's what I'm going to do to make sure that we get an accurate score here on Eminem because I was confident that all the other things that he was doing to pick his scores up was going to outweigh it anyway, and it wasn't going to matter. And I would rather have Eminem win by a .01 and be 100% sure that my score is correct rather than have Eminem win by a point and a half and me be like, yeah, but I really did. Like, I really was lenient with him, and I really maybe did give him credit for some things that I, I shouldn't have. I don't want to feel like that. So I did quite the opposite, and he still had this ridiculous finish. So I do want to point out that even though I'm not really a big fan of the line, and I, I think the main reason that I'm not a big fan of the line is because, in reality, the lines don't really have anything to do with each other. They don't lead into each other well. So one line he's saying, there's never been a greater since the burial of Jesus. So he's just talking about, I'm, I'm fucking dope, bro. There's, there hasn't been anyone be better than me since Jesus has been gone, bro. Straight up. And then he just goes into another line that's completely random out of left field and says, fuck around and catch all the venereal diseases. So I never was really a fan of that line. But technically speaking, burial of Jesus and venereal diseases is another 10 syllables rhymed on the two bars. So again, 
I'll let them wash each other out because that's just what I did to Eminem. I won't give him credit for the 10 syllables rhymed on the two bars here, even though he did do it. And I'll say that, ah, you know what, that's a weak line. And yeah, all the syllables rhyme, but he said something that doesn't really make much sense or have anything to do with each other in order to get all those syllables rhymed. Clearly, Eminem has shown us in the prior bars that he doesn't have to say random shit that doesn't have anything to do with each other in order to get syllables to rhyme. But in this case, he did kind of do that, and I'm not a particular fan of somebody doing that. So, I just want to be fair here, and again, like I said, it's probably not fair. But we're going to let that be a wash. I won't give him credit for that line. Then he goes on to say, My thesis to smash the stereo to pieces. My acapella releases classic masterpieces through telekinesis. It eases you mentally, gently, sentimentally, instrumentally, with entity dementedly meant to be infinite. So... A couple of things here on the last four bars. So, on bars 13 and 14, where he says, My thesis is smash stereo to pieces. My acapella releases classic masterpieces through telekinesis. Is another 10 syllables rhyme than the two bars. It still makes perfect sense. The smash the stereo to pieces. My acapella releases classic masterpieces through telekinesis. Then he goes on to say it eases you mentally, gently, sentimentally, instrumentally with entity, dementedly meant to be infinite. So again, he leads into the thing where he has the infinite hook around where he's going to end his verse and start the hook with infinite. So it leads into that perfectly again. And I don't think I need to tell you mentally, gently, sentimentally, instrumentally with entity, dementedly meant to be is a tremendous amount of syllables rhymed. Probably somewhere near 15 or 20. I don't even want to count them. I honestly just feel like we're being redundant at this point. This song is easily a three already and there's a whole nother verse. So let's just let that one rock out because Eminem is ridiculous. He deserves to be given credit for how technically good he was. So even though I really do think that the point has been made, Yes, he could turn around and tank this verse right here and bring the song back down to a certain score. Like I said, it's not going to happen, but I'm just pointing out why I'm not going to cut any song short or anything like that. So let's see how Eminem finishes this song. I'm evidence and I've been clever ever since My residence was hesitant to do some shit that represents the M.O. So I'm assuming all responsibility Cause there's a monster willing me that always wants to kill him Seize Mike Nessler, slamming like a wrestler Here to make a mess of a lyric smuggling embezzler No one is special My skill is intergalactical I get cynical, act a fool Then I send it through back to school I never packed a tool, the rack to cool It wasn't practical I'd rather let a tactical, tactical, tactical You fancy in fact, I can't see or can't imagine A man who ain't a lover of beats of a fan of scratching So this is for my family The kid who had a cami on my last jam Plus the man who never had a plan B Be all you can be Cause once you make an instant hit I'm tensed a bit and tempted When I see the sins my friends commit I'm infinite You heard the hell while well, I was sick from it I went to it serving a sentence for murder and instruments Now I'm trying to repent from it But when I hear the beat I'm tempted to make another attempt at it I'm infinite you heard the hell while I was sick for me I went to it surfing a sentence for murder and instruments Now I'm trying to repent for me But when I hear the beat, I'm tempted to make another attempt to it I'm infinite 
So again, that was Eminem Infinite off his debut solo album of the same name from 1996. And again, let me just quickly run through this third verse and, and break stuff down. I'll try to be as quick as possible. I don't really want to keep going over the same things over and over again. He says, man, I got evidence. I'm never dense. And I've been clever ever since my residence was hesitant to do some shit that represents the M.O. So here is a perfect example of when I spoke about Eminem using run-on bars quite often. Here's one. So we got a lot of syllables rhymed, obviously. A cool play on words, evidence, never dense, clever ever since. My residence was hesitant and do some shit that represents bar ends, right? Represents what? The M.O. So it's a little bit of a run-on bar there, but again, obviously overshadowed by all the syllables rhymed. You want to call it a wash, call it a wash, totally fine with me. So I'm assuming all responsibility because there's a monster will in me that always wants to kill him sees. So we got another 15 syllables rhymed on the two bars there. Just ridiculous stuff. I mean, these are things that I'm pretty sure... At no point, now we did the entire 80s where I did a song breakdown for everybody, right? Then when we got into the 90s, I switched it to only the top people. And we've still had probably like 10 song breakdowns in the 90s. And we've had some really ridiculous song breakdowns. Method Man, AZ, Big L, Jay-Z. We've had some really fucking serious dope ones. And I don't think we've ever seen anybody crack like more than 12 syllables rhymed on a two-bar sequence. Maybe somebody might have hit 16 once. I don't really remember that happening. But, I mean, this is like the third or fourth time now that Eminem's gotten up to like 15, 16, 17, 18 syllables rhymed in a two-bar pattern here. So, again, the point that I'm trying to make is that Wayne Gretzky, for example, right? If you say, well, hey, if you score 50 goals in the NHL, you, you're a ridiculous goal scorer. Well, Gretzky scored 50 goals X amount of times, and he scored 92, and this many and that many. It's like, wait, what'd you say, 92? Yeah, 92. Okay, so he almost doubled the fucking score. And this is, quite frankly, this is even more ridiculous, because not only is Eminem actually doubling it, he's superseding doubling it multiple times on the same fucking song which technically is really his first song ever. Again, obviously this isn't Eminem's first song ever. This isn't the first thing Eminem ever wrote in his life. But this is track number one off of his debut solo album. So to be this ridiculous, this consistently on this song, which is what we're listening to right now, and I'm here to tell you for the very high majority of his entire career, even into his 40s. I mean, this is just ridiculous stuff, obviously. Then he says, Mike Nessela, slamming like a wrestler, here to make a mess of a lyric smuggling embezzler. So he says Mike Nessela, and he's saying that in, in a sense of like, uh, you know, whatever it is, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Mr. Perfect, Sergeant Slaughter. He's calling himself Mike Nessela. So Mike Nessela, slamming like a wrestler, here to make a mess of a lyric smuggling embezzler. So obviously a lot of syllables rhyme. There's another 12 syllables rhymed on those two bars. Just easy, repetitive stuff here for Eminem. Does it constantly. And what he's saying by the lines is basically, don't bite shit, bro. Don't take shit from other people. I'll call you on it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm here to fucking to ruin all the bullshit that people are getting away with. 
Continuing on with that rhyme pattern, he says, No one is special, though my skill is intergalactical. I get cynical, act a fool, then I send a crew back to school. So, we have special that goes along with embezzler and wrestler and all that from the line before it. But then he goes on to say, My skill is intergalactical. I get cynical, act a fool, then I send a crew back to school. So, again, you can look at it one of two ways. You can say, well, act a fool doesn't rhyme with intergalactical. You're not saying galactical and then act a fool. Well, Eminem is saying it in a certain way that it rhymes. My skill is intergalactical. I get cynical, act a fool, then I send a crew back to school. But it doesn't matter because cynical, act a fool, whatever, all that, send a crew back to school. I mean, listen to how many syllables that is. Cynical act a fool and send a crew back to school is 12 syllables rhyme just by itself right there. So no matter what you want to say, he bent or stretched words or this doesn't really rhyme, cool. Then leave it like that and let's just say that I get cynical, act a fool, and I send a crew back to school. Let's count it as a rhyme pattern then. So then he has intergalactical, cynical, and back to school. So there's just so many different ways that you could flip around what he's saying. And again, I don't care. You want to say he stretched the words. I'm not giving him credit for that. Fine. Let it be a wash. Let all the fucking syllables that he rhymed or the rhyme pattern that he used or whatever way you want to word it. Let it be a wash with you saying, okay, well, this doesn't technically rhyme with this or this is only rhyming with this, but doesn't technically rhyme within a galactical. Cool, let it be a wash, it doesn't matter. Like I said, the song is a great song already anyway. So, then he goes on, continuing with that rhyme pattern again. He says, I never packed a tool or acted cool. It wasn't practical. I'd rather let a tactical, tactful track tickle your fancy. Okay, so a couple of things here. So, you have packed a tool, acted cool, practical, which again... The way that he says practical is kind of a stretch to rhyme with packed a tool or acted cool. But we got another nine syllables rhymed on just the first bar here again. Then he goes on to continue that rhyme pattern. I'd rather let a tactical, tactful track tickle your fancy. So two things here. We have, again, a lot of syllables rhymed on these two bars. We have, again, a cool little twist with the wordplay tactical tactful track tickle your fancy right so the way that he's saying it managing to flow all this shit so effortlessly is ridiculous but catch the run on bar here fancy doesn't really rhyme with pack the tool acted cool practical that's the end of the first bar so the end of the second bar is supposed to rhyme with that now if you count the end of the bar as tractical then yeah you could rhyme that with practical. I never packed a tool or acted cool. It wasn't practical. I'd rather let a tactical, tactful, tractical, tractical what? Your fancy. Okay, so again, just like the other one, I'd rather do some shit that represents what? The MO. Okay, so in order for that sentence to make sense, he has to have what follows it in the next line, and that is a run-on bar. So, again, wash them out. You got... A ridiculous amount of syllables rhyme than the two bars, but we do have a run-on bar. So again, let them wash each other out. Then he goes on to say, In fact, I can't see or can't imagine a man who ain't a lover of beats or a fan of scratching. Now, this isn't a run-on bar. This isn't... I want to point out the differences here, and I've done this before. So, there are certain instances where, yes, someone will pick up their sentence 
where they left off. But if you leave out their pickup, the original sentence still makes sense. That's not a run-on bar. Just because you chose after that to continue that sentence does not mean that the original sentence couldn't stand alone, which is where the problem lies. If you're saying a sentence but it's not a sentence, then we have an issue. But there is a such thing as a semicolon, which is kind of like... It's kind of like a comma, but like a little more extreme, and it puts a pause in what you're saying. So it's not really a run-on bar. He's just kind of putting a pause where the pause in the music is and where the bar ends. In fact, I can't see or can't imagine. Can't imagine what? A man who ain't a lover of beats or a fan of scratching. So, no, it's not a run-on bar. I don't think that he deserves to lose credit for it, but... If you want to be ridiculous and take away credit for it, go right ahead again, bro. Go ahead, because there's another another eight syllables rhymed in the two bars. Again, it's not going to matter. You can take your choice. You can minus points every time Eminem does this. He's just doing something else to gain points right back. So his worst lines here are washes, where I'm kind of telling you, you know what? You want to nitpick at Eminem, go ahead. We won't give him any credit for that line, right? Like, I mean, how ridiculous is this that those are like his quote-unquote bad lines, the ones where we're, we're not giving him any credit? I mean, come on, bro. Then he goes on to say, So this is for my family, the kid who had a cameo on my last jam, plus the man who never had a plan B. Again, I want to point out a couple of things here because this does seem like a run-on bar again, but it's not. So... Again, I've, I've talked about this before. I'm not going to get too deeply into it, but there are different parts inside of the bar where pauses can be taken or rhymes can be placed. So I want to make an example here where if you take the first bar, musically speaking, this is the first bar. So this is from my family, the kid who had a cami. Okay, that doesn't really make any sense. That's in the middle of a sentence. Now, Eminem could say in the last sentence, I can't imagine. That makes sense, right? I mean, it doesn't because it's not really a sentence. You can't imagine what? But you understand what he means. I can't imagine. Well, if you want to know, ask him. Can't imagine what? A man who ain't a lover of beats or a fan of scratching. This is different. The kid who had a cami then goes on, on my last jam plus the man who never had a plan B. So that sentence is cut right in half. So this is for my family, the kid who had a cami on my last jam, plus the man who never had a plan B, but here's why it's not a run-on bar. Because musically speaking, yes, cami is the end of the first bar. But when you're writing lyrics, you can choose to place your rhymes in different places. Now, you can't place them anywhere. They have to be put on certain instruments, certain parts in the, in the bar or the beat or whatever. Again, if you don't write music or don't understand poetry or how to write music, I'm not going to sit here and give you an entire lesson on this. The people that understand what I'm saying, they understand what I'm saying. The people that don't, you can feel free to go reach out and take poetry classes. And when you are taught this and somebody sits down and in-depth explains to you what I'm talking about, then you will understand. If you don't understand and you don't really care that much to go look it up yourself... I don't really care that much to explain it to you, quite frankly. So if you care that much, go look it up. But I'm telling you, this is the way things operate. So where Eminem ends his first bar is, so this is for my family, okay? And what I mean by that is, let's just take away the cami thing, right? And let's change it to feature. So this is for my family, 
the kid who had a feature on my last joint, plus the man who never had a plan B. Okay, I think you guys can understand what I'm saying right there. Cammy was unnecessary. He didn't even have to say that. He could have just had his first bar B, so this is for my family. And then went on to say, the kid who had a feature on my last jam, plus the man who never had a plan B. And that would be fine, because family and plan B would rhyme. Because he chose to place his rhyme early in that bar, but he put it in the right spot. What he also chose to do was rhyme Cammy with family, instead of just saying feature. So, no, it's not a run-on bar, because the way that he worded his bar, his bar, his first bar actually ended prior to Cammy. It's just that musically, Cammy comes at the end of the first bar. Then he goes on to say, be all you can be. Because once you make an instant hit, I'm tensed a bit and tempted when I see the sins my friends commit. I'm infinite. Which again, goes right into that hook, which is an infinite hook. And then the song ends like that. So, I don't think you need me to tell you. There's obviously a lot of syllables rhymed on that. Once you make an instant hit, I'm tensed a bit and tempted when I see the sins my friends commit. I'm infinite. And, you know, it's the same thing. A lot of syllables rhymed. Everything makes perfect sense. It's There's no crazy punchline or anything super ridiculous, but it all makes perfect sense. A lot of syllables rhymed. The play on the words, the way he's able to flip these words around to rhyme in a certain pattern and a, and a certain flow and stuff. Listen, I, this is what I'm going to say, man. Just absolutely, incredibly mind-blowing stuff when it comes to the lyrics here for Eminem now. Did Eminem do this on every single song? No, he didn't. He not If he did, every song would have been counted as a three. But like I said, at some point, he would have started losing points for being repetitive and just constantly doing the same hook. Well, all of his hooks have fucking 40 syllables rhymed. He can't do anything else. Like, okay, I want to be clear. No, he didn't do that on every single song. No, he shouldn't have done that on every single song. No, not every single song was great. But he did it on 131 of them. He did it on over 50% of his music. Over 90% of his music was good or better. So there are so many things that come along with, yeah, you could nitpick. You could say that's a run-on bar or he fucking bent that word to sound like that or, you know, I don't fucking like the way he raps. There's a million things you could say right now and I'm not debating any of that. But if you sat down... And just listen to what I read back to you, what I just played and read back to you, and you're not ready to admit how fucking ridiculous Eminem is, then quite frankly, you should just shut the episode off and it's like talking to a brick wall. You obviously don't want to hear anything that's being said. Again, I don't give a fuck if you hate Eminem or whether you like Eminem or not. I really don't even like Eminem anymore. I don't really ever listen to any of his music. If I do, it's very rare. And even when I do, I still just, this thing just irks me. And I'm like, this is just not the Eminem that I want. Like, so again, you don't relate to him. You don't prefer his music. You don't like him. Whatever the fuck you think, totally fine. I get all of that. But the guy is an absolutely, ridiculously, tremendously talented artist and rapper. It's just really, that's not an opinion. There's just no way of getting around that. So, you know, I just want to be clear. Um, you know, I'm still told that there's there's biases and, and things like that. And I, I hope that this ridiculous breakdown, and, and this is one of the few. I have said it before, this is a flat out three. But, I mean, this is, 
I literally didn't even sit here and add anything up, and I'm just telling you it was a three. Um, probably the most ridiculous song breakdown we've had to date. AZ's was ridiculous. Method Man, Jay-Z, Big L. So there definitely has been some really, really ridiculous song breakdowns, and I'm not trying to downplay anything that anybody did, but there just hasn't been anything that we've seen that's really been on this level. And if there was anything that we've seen that was on this level, it wasn't done this often. There wasn't so many other things that were also done to show that this person could do other things besides for just that. And a lot of other things to be taken into consideration like accomplishments, hip-hop first, and just, you know, we spoke about it. The list goes on and on and on. So I, I don't want to sound biased. I'm being real here. It is what it is. We counted syllables. We counted rhyme schemes. We counted punchlines. We counted run-on bars. We counted shortcuts. We counted... Every possible thing we could, we took into consideration the popularity, the success of the songs, um, the topics of the songs, the ability to keep a topic, the ability to tell a story, uh, crazy, unpredictable endings to stories, just countless, countless, countless things. And the fact of the matter is that regardless of what I prefer or don't prefer, the math added up to an absolutely insane number for Eminem, and I really want to acknowledge what this man has done in the fucking hip-hop community because, like I said, whether you like him or not, it is what it is. So, with all that added away, we are now leaving the calendar year of 1996 and moving on to 1997. And at this point, I almost feel bad for Capone and Nori for having to follow that act. But nonetheless, let's get into Capone and Nori as a group. And then we'll move into each of its members individually. So Capone and Noriega, who had their debut album out in 1997, also known as CNN, Origins, Queens, New York, United States. Genres are listed as East Coast Hip Hop, Gangster Rap, and Hardcore Hip Hop. Years active are listed as 1995 to 2004, 2006 to 2011, and 2013 to present. And its members are listed as Capone and Nori. So only two members in the group, and obviously both members of the group made the cut. So the group and all of its material, as well as each member's solo material, will count. So let's get some background info on Capone and Nori as a group before we move on to its members. Capone and Noriega, also known as CNN, is an American hip-hop duo formed in 1995 from Queens, New York. The duo features East Coast rappers Capone and Nori. So, very little info there on the group at all, just where they're from, when they were formed, and who's in the group. So, let's move on to each member of the group and see if we can get any more information that way. We're going to start first with Nori, as he was the first of the two members to have a solo album out, which dropped in 1998. His birth name is Victor Santiago Jr., also known as Noriega, or N-O-R-E. Born September 6, 1977 in New York City, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, East Coast hip-hop, and reggaeton. And his years active are listed as 1995 to present. So let's check out some background info on Nori here and see if there's anything more there than there was for the group. Victor Santiago Jr., born September 6, 1977, better known by his stage name Nori or Noriega, is an American rapper from Queens, New York. Santiago first rose to prominence as one half of the East Coast hip-hop duo Capone and Noriega alongside fellow Queens-based rapper Capone. 
He would also have successes as a solo artist with the singles Super Thug, Banned from TV, Nothing, Ove Mikanto, and Mas Mares. Santiago has released music under various record labels including Penalty, Rock La Familia, Def Jam, and Baby Grand Records. In June of 2011, it was announced Santiago partnered with fellow American rapper Busta Rhymes conglomerate label where he released his 2013 album Student of the Game issued under E1 Music. Santiago is also chief executive officer of his own imprint, Militainment Business. So definitely more there for Nori than there was for the group as a whole, but still nothing really too substantial there, just general background info and some things that he's been involved in his career, but not much really else there. So let's get into my write-up of Nori and then we'll move on to Capone. I was never a fan of Nori, but I do remember having at least one of his albums when I was younger. Lyrically, Nori was pretty inconsistent. He took shortcuts and didn't rhyme sometimes, and while he did show a decent ability for different rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes, it wasn't often enough, and most times he did that, the words were sacrificed. He rarely had any great lines, but certainly had his fair share of weak ones. Nori was able to tell a story as well as keep a topic, but they were never good stories with any crazy plot twists or surprise endings. He was also carried by features including Capone a fair amount and finished below average lyrically overall. Nori registered 11 albums for scoring, 5 with CNN and 6 solo. 9 of those 11 were good with the remaining 2 being average. Of his 148 registered songs, none were great while 4 were weak but he did manage to have 30 good songs. I think Nori's name and place in hip-hop is synonymous with CNN, and while that certainly isn't a household name outside of the hip-hop community, it's pretty well respected inside of it. However, he did only manage to have direct influences on Fabulous and a few others. When it came to originality, there was a little give and take. There wasn't too much original about their image or message, but their lingo, personalities, skits, and things like that were certainly their own. He also had a decent amount of pretty original song ideas, but borrowed a fair amount from other artists. So let's check out what the math for Nori looks like here. Lyrics he gets a 4, like I spoke about below average, and this was kind of just like an accumulation over time. Like I said, he had shortcuts, times he didn't rhyme, and things like that, and as time went on, right, I, I explained that Yes, he, he was able to do some different rhyme schemes and some multisyllabic rhymes, but it was very far and few in between. It wasn't very often, and even when he did do it, it usually, like, the meaning of the line or whatever the case was was sacrificed. You know, over a course of time, and you don't really have many, many great lines, but you do drop, let's say, a couple of weak lines each album. Over the course of time, and you drop in 11 albums and things like that, that's going to eventually take its toll. So, you know, things like that did add up as there was more negative than positive, and over time that did pull him down to a 4. Albums, he gets a 3.93 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus .27, which, again, that's a very small number. We just had Eminem who gained 5 points in the song category. Here we have Nori losing a quarter of a point. So, again, it's a very small number. You're only losing a quarter of a point, but you're losing points where you could be gaining points. And that came from no great songs out of 148 registered songs, but four weak songs. So, again, four weak songs, not a lot out of almost 150 songs, but in comparison to no great songs, essentially you've done more damage than good. 
Impact, he gets a six. And like I said, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of give and take with the Impact because when you talk about the hip-hop community, yeah, Capone and Nori and, and CNN as a group and probably even its individual members have a lot of respect from the hip-hop community, especially from, you know, real street people and stuff like that, from what I understand, from what I've gathered from watching interviews with Capone and Nori and people talking about CNN and things like that. So you do have to give them credit for that. But again, we also have to keep in mind that the commercial success was limited to a certain extent. There were some singles that Nori had and things like that. So I I don't want to say that Nori hasn't had any commercial success, but it wasn't huge. I mean, you know, no like major awards won or record set or hip hop first or anything like that. Coupled with the fact that he didn't have any real clear visible influences on any artists aside from Fabulous, maybe a couple of others that were borderline. But I, I do think that, you know, the couple of singles coupled with the fact that they do have a lot of respect inside the hip hop community and they have been around for a decent amount of time, have a decent amount of material that they put out and stuff like that. These things do carry them to above average, but again, let's not get carried away and be dramatic with what these guys accomplished in the hip-hop community. Again, it was above average, but it was nothing ridiculous comparatively to what some other people have done. Originality, he also gets a six, and again, there was give and take for that. So there were a lot of things about CNN in general, or Nori, I'll, I'll be specific about since this is Nori's breakdown right now and we're scoring Nori. There were a lot of things about Nori that were very typical. His content, his message, his overall sound, his image and things like that, for the most part, were very typical, you know, of that of your your New York City-based rapper. But he was able to do all of those typical things in his own way. The the words that he was using, um, you know, just their overall personalities, the skits that they were doing, things like that. You could tell that these dudes were unique and were original characters just in certain aspects of their music the originality wasn't there. So again, I thought above average for originality, but only a six, nothing higher than that. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 3.93, which leaves Noriega in a three-way tie for 140th place of 185 artists done overall. So definitely not a strong finish there for Nori, which like I said, I kind of expected, but Nori's still the owner of one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time. So, again, I want to point that out, right? Not a good finish there for Nori and no classic albums for Nori, right? And a very average album score, right? Well, what about one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time? Well, guess what? Technically, it wasn't that good. I just fucking love it. (laughs) So, again, keep in mind, I'm not being biased here. I'm not just fucking liking something. That's a fucking great album. That's a classic album. To me, it is a classic album. If you ask me, yo, give me a list of the fucking, you know, your favorite hip-hop albums of all time. This one's fucking going on there, no question. Ask me to give you a list of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, and it doesn't go on there. So it is what it is, bro. But shout-outs to Nori for making the cut and all that he's accomplished for sure. And now moving on to Nori's partner in this hip-hop duo, Capone, who had his debut solo album out in 2005. Birth name, Kiyama Kasi Holly, born February 8th, 1976, in Queens, New York, United States. 
Genres are listed as East Coast Hip Hop, Mafioso Rap, and Hardcore Hip Hop, and his years active are listed as 1995 to present. I really hope that I didn't mess the guy's name up. I've addressed this before. I am not really aware of most rappers' government names, and, you know, quite frankly, I've never heard a name like this before, so I'm not familiar with it. I hope I didn't fuck it up, but that's not where I claim to have knowledge in this area. I don't really know people's government names. I don't really even care to know them. Um, I'm just giving out the information because it is what it is. I promised that I would cover all aspects of each artist, so hopefully I said his name right. If not, I apologize. Um, let's see what additional info we can gather from Capone's background here. Kiyomakasi Holly, born February 8th, 1976, better known by his stage name Capone, is an American rapper from Queens, New York. He is best known as one half of the East Coast hip-hop duo Capone and Noriega, alongside friend and fellow Queens-based rapper Noriega. So maybe not as much there for Capone as there was for Nori, but still, neither of them with anything overly impressive in their backgrounds. Do keep in mind, though, that Capone was locked up for a good portion of his career, and that could be a part of the reason that he's lesser known and possibly the lesser accomplished of the two, so... Let's get into my breakdown of Capone and see how everything works out for him. While I felt like I knew a fair amount of CNN songs, I didn't feel very informed on Capone in particular. He was definitely the better of the two lyrically by far, although he was a bit inconsistent at times. While he didn't have an overabundance of great lines, he was very good with different rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes, finishing him just above average lyrically. Capone registered less albums than Nori. Five with CNN and three solo for a total of eight. All eight of those albums were good albums. Capone was also on less CNN songs than Nori, registering 109 in total. While none of his were great either, he only registered two weak songs and another 36 were good. That means a third of Capone's songs were good songs, which is not a bad ratio. Capone was certainly an instrumental part of CNN. However, Jail time had an effect on not only how much he could participate in songs, but also shows, tours, interviews, etc. On top of that, he didn't particularly have any clear influences on any other artists. When it came to originality, Capone was very similar to Nori in the fact that his image and message wasn't very original, but his lingo, skits, and song ideas made up for that. Capone also borrowed a lot from other artists before him, particularly Biggie, Jay-Z, and Tupac. So, let's get into the numbers here for Capone and see how he finishes. Lyrics, he gets a 5.5, which, like I spoke about, he was by far the better of the two lyrically, which I don't want to say that I didn't know that, even though I, I kind of didn't know that. Um, I just never really thought either of them was very good. Now, that's not to say that Capone was ridiculous, but he was above average, and he was better than I gave him credit for, because even though I could tell them apart by their voices and stuff like that, when I was younger and listening to this music, I don't ever, ever, ever remember playing one of their songs and ever thinking to myself like, wow, this dude Capone is way better than Nori, man. And like I said, in fact, Nori's debut solo album is one of my favorite hip-hop albums of all time, and I never even owned a Capone album. So it goes to show you how just because you like something doesn't mean that it's technically better. And it also doesn't mean that you have to score it as being better. So yes, technically Capone was a much better lyricist than Nori. 
And that was almost just as much to do with less of the negative shit as it was for the positive shit. So the only real things that kind of carried Capone to above average was his ability with different rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes. Other than that, there wasn't much else. But he didn't have as many weak lines as Nori had, and he didn't not rhyme or, or things like that as often as Nori did. So as time went on, these little things like rhyme schemes and multisyllabic rhymes over time were able to carry him to a five and a half, whereas Nori was pretty much the exact opposite. Over time, the run-on bars or the times that he didn't rhyme or, or the weak lines and things like that pulled him down to a four. So albums... Capone gets a 4.33 in comparison to Nori's 3.93. So almost a full half a point better on Capone's albums. And that obviously comes from his solo material. So like I said, when we went over Nori's breakdown, some of Nori's song scores and stuff like that were carried by Capone. And Capone, you know, really killing a verse, whereas Nori was either average or maybe even below average or whatever the case was. But then was carried by Capone's ability on the song, right? So you have to keep in mind that when Nori branches off and does most of his solo work, he's only going to have so many features on that. There's going to be plenty of songs that are just him. Same way when Capone branches off and does his solo work, he it's going to be mostly just him. So there was definitely separation there when it came to the album scores because, yes, Capone did carry some of Nori's scores a little bit, but he wasn't able to carry Nori's solo work, nor was Nori able to pull down Capone's solo work. So, like I said, almost a half a point higher there for Capone than Nori. Songs, he gets a minus .18, which he still lost a little bit here. Again, a very small amount, and he had 109 songs, no great songs, only two of them weak. So, you know, we have a bunch of factors here. Neither one of them had any great songs. Nori had more songs than Capone, but Nori also had more weak songs than Capone. So Capone has the less material overall and the less amount of weak songs, but Capone's ratio of weak songs to total songs was better and lower than Nori's was. So Nori's four weak songs out of 148 songs was a higher percentage then Capone's two weak songs out of 109 songs. Obviously, we can tell 109 is more than half of 148, whereas two is half of four. So obviously, Capone's ratio and song score is going to be better than Nori's. Impact, Capone gets a five, and this comes from a couple of different things. So the amount of material that Capone put out in total was less than the amount of material that Nori put out. The amount that Capone was involved in CNN as a group was less than what Nori did in CNN as a group. And quite frankly, Capone's name is just not brought up as much as Nori's name is brought up. So, you know, Nori has drink champs and, you know, Nori put out some reggaeton music and shit like that. So again, what does reggaeton music have to do with hip hop? Well, nothing in a certain sense. But it does have to do with his impact overall because more people know who Nori is. Nori's involved in other things. Nori is just a more common name in the hip-hop community than Capone. You don't really ever hear people bring up Capone by himself. 
people either talk about Nori or they talk about CNN. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but in my experience, that's just what it's been. Is that alone by itself enough to give Nori a full point in the impact category? No, it's not. But like I said, Capone had no real clear visible influences on any other artists, put out in total less material than Nori, less solo material than Nori, less group material than Nori, and things like that. So when you couple all of these things together, yes, I do think it's a full point. So Capone gets an average score of five in the impact category there. And then originality, he gets a five and a half, which is just above average and just below the six that Nori got. And that kind of just came from their personalities in general for the most part. Um, they were both kind of original in the sense of like the words that they used and, you know, skits and like things like that and like jokes they would tell and just stupid little things that they would do like that. Nori was just a little bit more extreme with it. Like he was just a little bit more out of left field than Capone was and it wasn't dramatic but there was a little bit of a difference and I felt it was enough to be noted again it's only a half a point but it was enough to be noted so you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 4.03 which leaves Capone in 130th place of 185 artists done overall so again, not a great finish here for Capone, but he does manage to finish 10 slots ahead of fellow member Nori. And again, this is one of those weird instances where one guy, Nori, is the front man. The other guy is lesser known and has less material because of time spent in jail and still manages to finish 10 spots higher ahead of Nori. And we're not even halfway done here, so this could wind up being more like 20, 25 spots when this is all said and done. But nonetheless, big shout-outs to both of these guys and the group as a whole for doing their thing for sure. And now let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall. And needless to say, we have the granddaddy of all additions to this list today. So... In our top spot, we now have Eminem, who's in first place of 185 artists done overall. Behind him, in second place, is Jay-Z. Behind Jay is AZ, who's in fifth place. Directly behind him in sixth is Big L. Directly behind L is Nas, who's in seventh. Directly behind Nas in eighth is Method Man. Couple slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in tenth. Directly behind Thought in a three-way tie for 11th, we have Biggie and Tupac. Behind them is Pharaoh Manch, who's tied for 15th. Behind him in 18th is KRS-One. Directly behind the teacher is Rock of Helter Skelter, who's in 19th. And directly behind him in 20th is Proof. Couple of slots back from Proof is Jizza, who's in 22nd. Directly behind Jizza in 23rd is Sean Price of Helter Skelter. And directly behind Sean Price is Slick Rick, who's in 24th place of 185 artists done overall. So a couple of things here. First and foremost, Eminem now takes over not only our top spot currently, but our top spot overall thus far in the study. This unfortunately means that Ghostface, after just one short appearance being in our top 10% overall list, the very next week he is ousted. I also want to go back to something I said earlier that I said I would touch on later when we did these lists, and that was my opinion on why no one will catch Eminem. If you look at most scores, 
The difference between 50th place and 51st place is usually like a 0.01 or a 0.03 or something very small. Many people are tied, things like that. Not only did Eminem finish in first place overall so far, but his overall score of 11.18 is nearly three full points higher than the person right behind him, which is Jay-Z. That is not only a major gap, but he's three points ahead of Jay, while Jay is another full point ahead of the person behind him. So this is really just absolutely insane stuff here from Eminem across the board. Like I said, this will not be topped. You can mark my words on that. And if anybody does top it, I will come back and say, wow. I was forced to eat my words, and I'm extremely impressed. But I'm going out on a limb here and saying that nobody will top that. Now let's get into our top 10% lyrically, and obviously we have another major addition to this list here. So in our top spot, we now have Eminem with a lyrical score of 9.5. In a four-way tie for second place, we have Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ, all with lyrical scores of eight and a half. Behind them in a tie for sixth place is Method Man and Jay-Z, who both got lyrical scores of eight. And then in a four-way tie for eighth place is Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of seven and a half. In a three-way tie for 12th place, we have KRS-One, Lord Finesse, and Sean Price of Helter Skelter, all with lyrical scores of seven. And then in a 13-way tie for 15th place, we have Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, Lil Wayne, Rock of Help to Skelta, and Razkaz, all receiving lyrical scores of 6.5. So not only does Eminem crack this list, but he tops it by a wide margin, which is ridiculous. I mean, we've been doing this... You know, 17 years now we've covered in this study and nobody's cracked an eight and a half. He says, well, fuck a nine. I'm just going right up to a nine and a half. So, you know, just really impressive stuff here from Eminem. That's not to say that nobody can beat him lyrically, but geez, man, going to be really, really tough. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with artists who made their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers to come out in the 1980s are as follows. 1. KRS-One 2. Slick Rick 3. Rakim 4. Rev Run of Run DMC and 5. LL Cool J Never get tired of hearing those OGs, period. Now moving on to our 90s decade. Your top 5 rappers to come out in the 90s are 1. Eminem 2. Jay-Z 3. AZ 4. Big L and 5. Nas so after three weeks of no one being able to crack this list, Eminem comes through and takes over our number one spot, absolutely blowing away the rest of the competition and making everything look easy. So moving on to our top regional list now. Starting with our East Coast, your top artist to come out of the East Coast thus far is Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York. In second place, Big L from Harlem, New York. And in third, Nas from Queens, New York. Moving across to our West Coast, your top artist to come out of the West Coast thus far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him is Razkaz from Carson, California. 
And behind him is Ice Cube from Los Angeles, California. Moving down to the Dirty South, your top artist to come out of the South thus far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Number two, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And number three, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your number one artist to come out of the Midwest thus far is Eminem from Detroit, Michigan. Behind him, Proof from Detroit, Michigan. And behind him, Common from Chicago, Illinois. So Eminem again finishes number one on yet another list by a long shot, and this means a couple of things aside from having a new Midwest leader. First of all, that puts both Detroit and D12 as both the number one and number two spots in the Midwest. Secondly, we had two Bone Thugs members in there, and just recently Lazy Bone was slid out. Now this week, Crazy Bone is slid out. And we now have no Bone Thugs members representing the top guys of their region, but they did hold on to those Midwest spots for a while, so shoutouts to Lazy and Crazy of Bone Thugs for being in that list for quite some time, and obviously huge shoutout to Eminem for taking over that top spot here today. If you'd like to see any of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash Podcast. If you're interested in following along and seeing schedules, lists of artists, people that were left out, people that didn't make the cut, things like that, you can give the page a like, best place to follow along with everything right there. And you can give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On that host website, you'll see a support button. I humbly ask you guys to please hit it and send some cash your boy's way. Other than that, That'll do it for today's episode of Tale of the Tapes, man. And, you know, it sucks that I was sick for this, but what a fucking episode it was, man. Next week, we'll be covering the big timers and underground artist Merce. So, this should be an interesting one to say the least. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.